Hey everybody and uh, welcome back to another season and another episode of Horror Film Lovers. I'm your host Jonathan Moody and I've got my co-host Michael McGlynn. Michael McGlynn is back. Um Michael and I if you if you're following last year's um last episode uh which we did bloody uh um got bloody summer camp um and uh we had him as because he's the star you know one of the stars and it was his you know it was a big movie for him um and then you got uh me uh doing scary stories slumber party uh that was the plan you know um because originally i i would never have done this you know, I would never have done my own movie because you can't really review your own movie, I didn't think, you know. But I figured it wasn't necessarily going to be a review. It would be more like a Q&A. So I'm going to kind of turn the, the movie, the, the whole episode over to Michael and he can ask questions or talk about his favorite stuff or whatever. You're going to be the host now for this episode. You didn't know that, but now you are. <laughs> That you're really putting yeah. on the spot now. <laughs> I know, I know, but uh um yeah, I, I really want to sort of uh go through um the movie and this is gonna be our first anthology. I don't think I've done an anthology on any of these shows on uh like the eighties horror films, nineties horror films, or horror film lovers, I don't think. Um I Definitely with me, I can definitely tell you, you and I definitely have not. No, not yet. I mean, I, I think there could be ones that we do like Creep Show or stuff like that, you know, that might be fun to do. But, um, you know, Tales from the Dark Side, um, things like that. But this this one is definitely one that uh, is going to be interesting. So, Michael, take it away. All right. So we have... Uh... Uh, 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 scary sleepover stories. Uh, I'm sorry, I always, I always get that mixed up, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a dyslexic stories. too, so it's okay. Yeah, scary story sleepover slumber party slumber party. Thank you. Oh, there you go. I got that. I am so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is a uh, written and directed by one Jonathan Moody. <laughs> yeah. Well, not all of them. I only did. Uh, I was like thinking about it. I think I did seven out of the 10, you know, that I directed and I co-directed one of them. And when I say co-directed, it was really the DP was a big part of like making sure things got done for Unlucky Night. So he got a co-director credit because uh, especially like when I was on camera, you know, or whatever, he was there to um, make sure that things, you know, sort of went smoothly you know for us so things like that oh excellent uh, yeah fully good and um yeah so i i guess the uh, uh like you know to give you like a little like emerge into what you would expect by watching this uh i guess uh like when i when i watched this i the first kind of vibe i got from it was like uh uh campfire uh stories like in a sense not that like the stories were similar or anything like that they were completely different stories altogether but just more of like you know you have a group of friends hanging around like like by this case instead of being a campfire they're all hanging around in, in their house i i'm uh, they're just uh hanging out in i believe uh if, or they might have been snowed in i'm not sure uh it but, was just uh, a, it was just a fun little like it, it was a fun little hang out okay um, yeah um the way i kind of thought of it when i was coming up with the ideas like they um you know that that these uh well 
tell you something interesting in a second, but there was four girls originally that, that uh, were going to be in it. And then one of them, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but Uh, but the three girls were the idea was that this is like a slumber party that they used to have when they were younger and they're just deciding to do it again. We didn't throw that. We should have thrown a line in there like that, you know, to kind of, you know, um, do that. But I, I figured people would probably get that without, you know, us actually saying it. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Um, so they're all hanging out uh, 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 together and they decided to start passing around stories. But before even that happens, you actually see a little insertion of uh, something else, which actually uh, I, I'll tell you right now in advance, man, I think you really should uh, start a petition on on uh, making uh, Bashed uh, into its own uh, little uh, movie. Like I don't a know. feature film? Um, uh, so Bashed the biggest problem I have with bashed is that it is, it is, it is perfect for a short. If you did it for a longer thing, I think the, I think the idea would get, you know, would go too long. Um, but so I, I've talked about this in like commentary things, but a lot of people haven't heard the commentaries anyway or, or whatnot. Um, so I, I guess this will be another place where people can hear stuff if they don't, ever get to listen to the commentary tracks or whatever. Um, so, uh, what is it? Um, Bashed was originally not called Bashed. It was called Gay Basher. And uh, it was the idea of a girl, like, it was, it was the whole idea. Like, this girl, um, you know, falls, falls in love with this guy at work. They go out to the, uh, they go out to the woods, you know, hang out, whatever. And she finds out he's gay. And uh, did you catch that, by the way? Like, did you oh, think that was? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of thought that was a big part of the whole premise was the fact that the girl was trying to get on. was like, no, no, uh, he does not play for uh, these uh, ball, uh, ball teams. But did you like see that before he announced he was gay? Like, did you see that coming? Uh I wasn't like I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I you know it was one of those ones where like I picked up it could have been a variable, but it could have been a few variables. So I mean it could have just been like you know one uh, because there wasn't enough information there for me to uh, depict that was definitely the course, but that could have been one course. Another one, of course, would have been like, well, you're the the camp hooker. I don't really want to take that ride. Right. There's there's just a straight up. I'm just not interested in you. You don't do anything for me, you know. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and the funny thing is, even when he said the gay thing, at first I was even like, is he really, though? Or is he just saying this at this yeah. point? I'll leave him alone. Because you never know. I mean, like, you know, if it works, it works. Am I right? <laughs> right. Some people do. Some people say they're gay and they're not, just to, just to get somebody off their back. Um, but no, this, the idea was that he was gay, um, and that, uh, she would attack him and then he would get free, but fall down. And at the end, the original script, uh, the ending was that she just killed him that she ended with her killing him. So I sent the script to Danae West, who plays the, uh, the beautiful girl. And then I also sent it to who have been my space friends with before I even, you know, for a long time before we actually worked together. And we had uh, met on the set of a movie a month prior called um, uh, 
Bunny Bunny Man uh, Nightmare Bunny Man Bridge, which was just a short film that we both worked on with uh, Robert Elkins and uh, and Rob uh, um, the uh, the other actor uh, as well. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I think he's uh, it's not Robbie. That sounds really weird. Um, I'm gonna have to bring up my own uh, but uh, my own thing here. <laughs> Is I am Russell Russell Bryan. Um, they both worked on Nightmare Bunny Man Bridge with me, and so we uh, I I talked to them on that set, and I said I'd love for you guys to be in a movie. So I wrote uh Gay Basher, you know, sent it to them, um, and both of them had sort of the same feeling of like, well, Danae said pretty much she would not work on a movie called gay basher she just did not want that on her resume and you know it just did not sound good you know i i, I get where she's coming from <laughs> i get it too and uh you know and then she said uh she would like it if he won at the end instead of her you know so i said all right so i just rewrote it like that sent it back to them and they said all right we're, we're on and they came out and it was a day and it rained it that day and it was nasty and it was cold and it was not fun, but we got it done. And, um, um, but, uh, the funny thing about that one is that there was, uh, we went out to put all our gear out in the woods, right? We we're going to shoot out further than we did originally. And then we went back out to get the rest of the gear. We came back and the gear was gone. Right. And there was a lady with a map in her hand and a hatchet. And we were like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and we called her the hatchet lady. Um, and it's so funny because my friend, I had that title for a while and I was going to make a movie called hatchet lady. And then my friend, Michael Marino was going to do a movie called hatchet lady. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, you know, so I talked to him and he, it, we had, we had completely different ideas, you know, or whatever. Like it wasn't the same story or anything. Um, but anyway, um, so this, this lady, um, owned the property that we were trying to shoot on and she said we couldn't shoot there. She wouldn't let us shoot a horror film there or whatever, you know? Um, so we said, all right, we got our stuff back from her because she had her dogs and everything guarding our shit. And then, uh, she showed us on the map where we uh where we could shoot which is on the other side which we just shot close to my house because you know it's what you do you know mm -hmm. you, you know you're probably not going to get in trouble like shooting right outside your house so <laughs> you know so we did that and um and that was that was it then we shot the movie and there uh, sometime in the rain we had to stop shooting come back and um shoot again and we were done <laughs> you know so uh yeah um but that was that was a lot of fun i i enjoyed it um like i said i don't think i could make it a feature i just there's a couple that i there's a couple like the pledge i would definitely and i've even tried countless times to to, to do it as a feature and both both times um that i've tried it uh it just fell apart you know and i'm like man maybe it just isn't meant to be as a feature you know um, uh, maybe someday I'll do it if I'm stubborn enough, but right now, I think you got something there. I mean, and, and honestly, I think the name change was a very smart move. Honestly, Bash, I think it's just, it's catchier. Uh, you know, it's quick, it's simple. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I mean, look at all the area girls have done that before, like hatchet. I mean, you know, it's simple. It's right to the point, And, you know, you're in for some fun kills. <laughs> now, if I did it where it was just about a deranged chick that was going around bashing people with a stick. I mean, that could be, I guess, a feature. But I don't know. Like I said, it, it the plot itself uh, couldn't work, like with the idea of her being a scorned you know, girl that's interested in him and stuff. I don't think that could make a um could make a feature, but um but I'm glad to know that you liked it enough that it was it would have been it could have been a feature that you thought. Hey, you know? That one caught my attention because when that was one of the first things that came up, I I went and was like, oh is this like one of the first shorts we're getting ready to see something like oh cool. All right, let's see where this goes. And like you know the first like you know uh, scene and like and it was actually a very good opening. Like, oh that's good. And it just cut to the girls and like oh uh, just watch the movie like oh yeah, it's a movie. It wasn't even one of those short. It wasn't even one no, of those stories. And I like I that. Was <laughs> I like that because then they were able to transition to them talking about um uh the the stories. Like we can make a better idea than that. You know, we could come up with a better story. Um and I I mean I love that we've even got that in the trailer where it's like you know, I could make up, a, you know, you know, let, let's make up our own scary stories, you know, or whatever. And and then they do it. So I don't know. It's it's fun. Oh, I no, I like I said, like I actually really uh, actually uh, enjoyed it overall. Like I, I really did. Um, and I like and, and if I get any of the shorts mixed up, like, you know, forgive me uh, in, in advance. Like, like I know you said earlier, there was a lot of them. So it's like if I don't go in chronological order of which one came in from one to the other, uh, do uh, forgive me on that one. If I'm not mistaken, I think the very first one that uh, was the sorority girl. Oh, no, nope. no. It was a backstabber. Was backstabber back was, yeah. I, remember, I think we should so kind of like it was it was like kind of like quick i'm like but as soon as i said sorry i said no wait no wait there was that one that uh, that quick one real fast uh backstabber yeah. that uh, one that it, one's a quick shoot that was actually supposed to be a longer short um but unfortunately both the actresses diane and jessica who i love to death both had to leave early so we couldn't film everything i sort of wanted to film that day um so we sort of and it was only a one-day shoot so we had to like kind of rush everything a little bit but i, I like the beauty of it is it didn't feel like it was rushed, it just felt like a short, short, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I mean, and you are right. I mean, I, like the I, the premise was great. Uh, like, honestly, I really, I, I, I really did uh, dig the uh, premise. It's definitely, you know, one of those funny things that, well, like, you know, it, it, I, it's not funny, but it is funny in the sense that, like, uh, yeah, I could see this kind of turn of events happening. Like a girlfriend thinking, like, oh my god, like you know, well, like you know. Uh, like you know, like you know, you're you're cheating on me. Uh, uh, so the the girlfriend's thinking the girl like, oh my god, you're 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 sleeping with my man and all this other stuff. Yeah. And goes on to that like I'm like just off to the deep end without using stopping using any kind of like logic or maybe formulating to make sure you've got all your variables in place before you go off the deep end. Like you know that doesn't happen with some girls uh, like or some people in general. Uh, like, yeah. Both the deep end and well, like, but you know, with that being said, like, I love the premise and yeah, like, you as, as you as you explained, you had to cut it short and and that is a bit of a darn shame because I kind of feel like you could have taken that one 
uh, to deeper territories, uh, like you know, almost kind of like when everyone started to show up, almost like before she gets uh, caught, like maybe she actually like you know tries to hide it or something, uh, like, like you know, like but before maybe at the end, then the avail does get like you know, and you could turn it different ways. You could turn it suspenseful, you could turn it comical. Uh, you know, you have angles that you could have played mm. with. I mean, I don't know what you had in mind because obviously you had something else in mind. So you know, I don't want to like you know rewrite or or anything like that it was just you could tell there were uh, places you could go with that one but uh but uh then the next one though that the next one was definitely longer and that one uh that one was actually a very good solid story uh that was a uh a, like um uh, the next one uh was about uh, was about a bunch of sorority girls uh doing a sorority haze uh with uh their new pledge uh, it, it was it was that kind mm-hmm. of uh, typical um uh, pledge kind of thing you would see like hey there's like this uh, abandoned house where something bad happened it's supposed to be haunted you're gonna go up to the top like you know and uh, and do uh, you know and do this done uh, in this particular case I believe it was to go up and like blow out a candle if I'm not mistaken or yeah like, it was um, actually it was actually based on two different stories uh, maybe three different stories that I sort of knew one was an actual story that somebody told me uh across the street um i used to have these neighbors across the street and i would go over to their house we'd watch movies like um because they had disney and i didn't so i'd go over to their house and watch like mr boogity and you know these little scary uh disney stuff or whatever and when we were all hanging out um the one one of the girls laura um who i loved who i loved to death um she started her and her uh sister becky who unfortunately is no longer with us um she died in a coming back from a grateful dead concert um sadly you know um but she and uh laura um were um kind of telling me this scary story you know about this girl and this guy who lived in the house and here's the funny thing is i didn't know years later that that house was not old enough to be like in the times that these people were saying it, you know, I just believed whatever they were saying was true, but they said that the house was haunted because this guy, um, you know, fell in love with this girl, but then ended up cheating on her with somebody else. And when she found out about it, she wouldn't have hung herself in the house. And, uh, you know, and you can still hear her creak and stuff like that. And I was like, where did they come up with this story? Like, this is a great story. So I stole it, <laughs> you know, and put it in this short and, uh, and had it where, you know, it was like um, Amanda, you know, you know, whatever. And, and Kevin Gardner and all these things. And, and these people, I don't even know where I came up with the names. I think I just made them up as I went for it because it didn't matter. Um, you know, and then, uh, the idea was that, um, you ever seen the movie or the TV show? Um, you ever seen uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know that um, uh, the the episode where the girl is stuck in the house or whatever is like stuck, like the little girl is uh, in the house and the girls make her, the other, this new girl go up to the house and and up to the stairs and up upstairs and go into the to the room to see her you know or whatever and then she turns out to be like the daughter of the uh the nanny that lives right across that that lived across the street or whatever with them 
and everything. Um, that was sort of my idea. I was like, I, I love that. And it was also a little bit of, um, there was a, uh, was not, not scary stories to tell in the dark, but there's another oh, kind of scariest stories you've ever heard, which was oh, these yeah. other sh short stories. And one of them was called the initiation. And it was about a, a girl who had to go up to the top and had to like leave her candle at the top and everything. And it's, it's sort of, I guess it's sort of a, a tale that like a lot of people have done before. So it's not, you know, it's just bringing my own uh, thing into it. And so we, we, we made that, that was like the basis for that story. It was all of these people. And uh, so it was called the pledge. And, um, and like I said, I tried to, tried to do another movie um with it and the i gave it to a, another director and it just didn't work out and then i then i did a, a different draft version with somebody else i co-wrote it with somebody else that didn't that didn't go through at all either i mean and so i'm just like maybe it's maybe it's sort of cursed like it just doesn't work as a feature maybe i it, that's just uh the world's way of telling me just leave it be but <laughs> yeah just don't mess with it you know like make your make some other original shit so yeah but i'm glad did you like it oh no i i did and you know and, and it's kind of funny with that being said like you know like i could definitely see like uh that kind of tone uh with the pledge well like you it definitely sounds like something you would uh i i would need i could see with are you afraid of the dark or scary stories to tell in the dark even uh it definitely has that kind of tone because it does have that supernatural ghost element to it at the very end because it does because even though there is a setup that you would anticipate uh uh, that like yeah, obviously the uh, Swarty sisters have a prank set up for them. It's just not that easy, but it turns out that you know there's even a bigger thing at foot, which is the house really is legitimately haunted, right? Uh, and, and they I, don't I, know, yeah, they don't realize that when they're doing it. Um, you know, uh, when they find out with the one girl, uh, Rachel, who plays the blonde, um. Uh, the main, the big, the big bad blonde, uh, uh, uh pledge girl. Um, he did a good job. She was wonderful. Um, uh, everybody there. Um, that was probably a lot of people's the favorite to work on. Played really well off off of each other. Like I had no problem believing. Like they, they definitely, uh, their attitude. They really fit that. Like you know, uh, that stereotypical like snooty uh, sorority sister. Like you know, oh, we're just a, we're just better than you. Mm -hmm. And if he, you'll be able to hang around us, you know, like you definitely got that vibe uh, when they were acting and, and doing that scene. So um, you know they. They definitely did very good at, at, at catching that uh, uh, element, and even the uh, the the girl uh, the, uh, the girl playing the pledge. I thought she did uh, good too because she was like that one that you could tell she's a little bit outcast, but you could also tell the story girls like, yeah, but we give her the kind of makeover that we do. You know, we'll turn her into one of us, and she'll be just just as stunning about you know, looking as one of us, uh, even though she didn't have to. She was stunning the way she looked, but to their standard of course <laughs> well yeah um so originally i didn't have it written that um like devney penn who plays the 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 main girl in it um kate i think is her name um but she i didn't have her play um what, like she wasn't gonna originally be goth like that wasn't my my initial writing of it you know or whatever 
and I didn't direct this one. This was directed by Coven Dela Cruz, who um, uh, is an excellent filmmaker, by the way. He uh, and he's an excellent. Um, he does like special effects, so he did all the special effects as well as doing the directing, and it was a lot of fun. And um, and then we got the uh, the DP who did um, uh, Valentine's Prey also did this one. So um, and he did an excellent job. Um, it was weird. It was weird being like a producer, you know, and writer, like not being the director, because this was like my first time stepping away from being a director, you know, and stuff and just letting people sort of take control. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, this one guy, uh, Terry Jernigan, the producer for a lot of the for a few of these projects. Um, he just kept asking me, what can I do? And I was like, oh whatever you can and so like yeah. he would take me go grocery shopping if he needed to get more groceries or something but like he really hated the fact that i was giving him a producer thing and i wasn't kind of telling him what to do <laughs> and it was because i was so new i mean this was like the first big project of mine you know so i had no idea so i kind of was like all right and then um like you were the coming so being a producer myself, you know, I'm used to usually people tell me, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. I'm like, all right, I want it. I'll be back. <laughs> right. And in this case, they weren't telling us that um, a lot of times they were handling everything, too. So like I like me as the producer, I didn't know what to do either. So I was just like, you know, like if they said we need more food because we're running out of craft services, I we would go to the store and get more food um, and then we'd come back. There was even one time where uh, me and uh, Jessica Hudson, who plays the the dead girl mm -hmm. and everything, she and I were just kind of waiting for her to come up. So we were downstairs. It was during the scene where Devney Penn is walking up the stairs and everything like that. So they can hear the door shut or anything. They're like, quiet on set. And our uh, buddy, um, Chris, like got a phone call. He's uh, He's become my DP for a lot of stuff, Chris Roll. And he uh, got a phone call. He like walked right out the door and uh, slammed the door. And they're like, quiet on set. We're like, you know, right. So they were <laughs> watching him kind of chat with uh, somebody, kind of pace around. And he looked like he was going to keep coming inside. And we're like, oh, no, 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 because they're not done. We didn't hear cut yet. And as they said cut, he actually came in. Like, it was perfect timing. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those interesting sort of, uh scenes you know and on top of that the first so that was the first shoot by the way that shoot of it we had um planned to shoot that the for one sh day shoot which is ridiculous you know um we ended up uh doing it later for a two or three day shoot it was two days uh two nights um and um we had two directors who were supposed to work together coven and this other guy I'm not gonna name who or whatever, um, because he's not he's not in the project anymore. So you know, like it's kind of wrong to just you know call him out because he ended up not doing doing it. But uh, he and Coven just didn't necessarily you know get along, you know, or whatever. Like they weren't working together, um, like co-directors. So uh, they they had decided that they were gonna like shoot. One person was going to shoot these scenes. Another person was going to shoot these other scenes, which I thought was stupid. But um, because they had never, they didn't work on everything together and they didn't discuss it. 
it didn't, you know, they ended up doing that. So uh, when when it didn't work out, there was snow and everything was in February. It just started snowing. And we're just like, um, let's let's bring them back in like it was April, you know, get everybody back in like April and uh, um, shoot the rest of the shoot the rest, uh, shoot it again. But like, you know, and I got more money and I got a really good audio crew i got a good um you know i got the dp i got you know so i was able to shoot this um basically borrowed money from my family you know and shit to make this happen and we got it done and or we got it and it was the most exhausting thing i've ever been a part of um but the first first night that we're shooting before this next shoot um these ladies from across the street because we were shooting chesapeake on these in this neighborhood um they got really upset that we were shooting a movie there you know they didn't want us making anything there um we weren't distracting them we weren't you know i don't think we were too loud you know they just didn't like seeing that there were lights across the street and you know all this stuff so um i'm talking to devony at one point and uh chris uh the later he becomes my dp that guy comes up to me and says hey john there you're needed downstairs so outside and i was like oh, okay so i went downstairs uh went outside and and they were like you need to talk to these ladies over here in this car they drove up they were old ladies who lived across the street and drove up in their car they couldn't walk over to us they had to drive over so I already sort of knew what I was getting myself into talking to them, but I was like, hi. And uh, they were like, are you the producer of this movie? And I was like, yes, I am. And they were like, what kind of movie is this? And I was an idiot and said horror, you know, don't ever say horror films, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a romance comedy. <laughs> it's a, you can say Hitchcockian thriller. They'll love that uh, probably, but you can't say horror. Um, so I said a horror film, and they're like, oh, horror film. That's just great for us, for our neighborhood. And I was like, all right. Well. I was going to know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, whatever. And so they ended up um, they ended up going um, to, uh, what is it? Uh, they ended up saying they were going to call the police on us. And I said, okay, if that's what you want to do. But I I spent I spent like three thousand dollars on this project. I was not gonna just, you know, yeah. I wasn't just gonna be like, okay, show's over. Devony flew from uh, from L.A. to come out here, but you know, these people yeah. win, you know. So we Margaret, waited. guys, Margaret drove all the way down the street to tell yeah. us that she wasn't happy about this. Right, <laughs> guys, it's a wrap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they uh ended up um uh calling the cops and the cops came and um Baron who plays Jeep the, and Valentine's Spray the big guy from the flower delivery guy um he was on set helping us out and um uh cuz he and I both knew Devony pretty well and um and uh what is it um uh Terry both came up to cops and they said we don't need because the cops said do you need do you have a permit you know and they're like we don't need the permit we get the landowner's permission so they're like fine um the problem with that was because 
we shot later again and the co uh the the person who owned the house let us come back right very great graciously um but he said the problem and he talked to to us about it he said i have a problem with these these women here you know that aren't liking it are there is there any way you can move it to like the front the back like the back and, and can you make sure you're done at a reasonable time so you're not interrupting you know you're not interrupting anybody's sleep or anything so we had to pretty much end about midnight which made like our night short because the night started around like seven to midnight and that if you know anything about making movies oh. like you do you know that's like it's a pain in the ass you have to get everything done as quickly as you can including the ending was supposed to be outside you know, with the girls, uh, with the with her being introduced, it was supposed to start like that scene with the the girls. They're supposed to be outside, and she comes up and says, "You know, you know." That's why she was like, "Give me the candle and all that stuff. Give her the candle." It was supposed to all be outside, but we couldn't shoot it outside because we just didn't have enough time. So I was talking to Coven, and Coven was like, "Hold on, let me let me try to figure this out." You know, and everything, and he came up with the idea of shooting it inside and uh in using sort of like this like a Ouija board kind of thing like where it looks like it's you know it looks like everything everybody's hanging out is all witchcraft shit now you know and stuff yeah. and demon shit so um I like that I liked it I was like 100% you know whatever whatever works and gets it done that's all I cared about I didn't care about um you know if if my script was changed you know, like inside, outside, the lines are still the same. The idea is still the same. Just, you know, change it up. So that's how um, I view it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like anyone who's ever been a filmmaker, or a director, or a producer knows that, like, you try to keep as true to the script as you possibly can. But there are things that do come up where, unfortunately, you just have no choice. You have to mm -hmm. make that you didn't want to make, but you just got to make like, you uh -huh. know, what it is. I mean, yeah. And then I had an editor guy that was going to work on it and he said he couldn't, he said it couldn't be done. And I paid him and I was so upset. Like, and so I gave it to Chris roll and Chris roll just edited it. Like it was nothing. And I was like, so I, I fired that guy, did not work with him again. Uh, he was a friend of mine too, which kind of sucked because kind of makes things a little difficult but like you know you're telling me you can't do shit you can do shit and then you can't you know or whatever oh I mean, it's not like you can't have to be friends but it's just you know i gave you an opportunity in good faith and you didn't follow through so you gotta understand that i'm not gonna come to you with this anymore i mean maybe if you started showing me you've done other projects and that you can handle this and then maybe we'll talk down the road again in the future but in Till I see something, you know, like you know, that 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 shows me you can do the work, and that like you know, there's no point going down this road again. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And so, um, but he got video footage of me and like my worst. I was so exhausted. I was so tired. I was so upset. Um, I didn't think. I honestly didn't think the movie would would come out as good as it did like i just didn't know you know and i was so frustrated with everything and um and so it was it was so that movie almost broke me you know and everything 
And it's funny how, like, I guess it's one of my favorite ones. And I look at it differently after it's finished, you know, and everything than I did when I worked on it. But it was, it was a, it was hard. And I, um, I remember I was with Devony and um, other people that we're hanging out with at Texas Frightmare Weekend. And um, I said, uh, she, she was like, what's wrong? Um, you look really upset right now. And I was like, I don't think I want to be a, I don't think I want to be a, a producer anymore. And uh, yeah, it, like it, it broke me. And uh, and then she said, um, you know, she's she said, well, what are you gonna do? You know, I said maybe just be a writer. You know, like if I'm just a writer and I just write scripts and then other people have to fucking make them. Like that, that to me was the bigger, better thing because I would enjoy that more. Um, I mean, I, it would still be still a lot of work, you know, mm -hmm. and everything, but it's like, I'm kind of in control of that work in a way, you know, and everything. And you get to lean more into a little bit more on what you're more passionate about. Like, you know, I mean, like I'm one of those people. I mean, I know I am a producer, but whenever I hear like anyone say, "Well, I'm gonna say like, yeah, well, like you, know, I really want to like you know break out of this industry. I really want to be a producer." But with every time I hear anyone ever say that, I always, I always just want to go, "Why?" <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, it is like it is like uh, one of the most hardest jobs, and like you know, like 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 in the bunch, uh, you know, um, you're always constantly running around. You're always doing all odds and ends and it's one of those gigs that you know i out i go you know, internally you get a lot of recognition internally you know you're between like your people you work with but you know out there in the masses no one really pays attention uh, they don't care who the producer is of this or the producer no. uh, i mean sort of the producer used to be like that i think the producer is a little bit more bigger now you know what i mean like i feel like because of the internet and because of different situations, I feel like the um, producers are a little bit more like known, you know, than they used to be, but you know, um, but we're, we're sorry to get off track here. Um, so, um, all right. So uh, the pledge and, uh, and then uh, I believe actually wasn't, I believe the one that you're in, uh, uh, well, why you, <laughs> You're, you're in a few but uh, no the next one is imaginary fiend the imaginary fiend yes okay yeah okay it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like i said i wasn't gonna probably get in the chronological order or anything like that, yeah but show me the one like i know i, I know exactly which one you're well, uh, talking about. i have it actually listed here so it goes bashed uh then the slumber party stuff which is throughout the whole thing yeah. uh backstabber the pledge Imaginary mm -hmm. Fiend, Event Invitation, The Dare, Unlucky Night, Valentine's Prey, Capture and Kill, and Noise Complaint. So, uh, there you go. So, uh, hopefully you'll remember that, but if not, just, you know, kind of <laughs> come to me, because I've got it all listed, so I've got it all. I'm not going to re uh, re re remember. <laughs> I, I, it's like, I remember the stories. It's easy to read them off. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That one was about this one. Oh, yeah, that one what was about this one. And they're all different enough where, I mean, it's not the same story, you know, or whatever in each one. It's a different story. Um, somebody wanted me to make it where it was all themed and stuff, where it's all one theme and everything. I'm like, 
no, that's not what I want to do. You know, like, I don't want it all about revenge or something, you know, because that's just not. I like the way you ended it. It was kind of like you connected it, but yet you didn't have to make it that big giant. Like, oh, my God, it's all connected. Like, it's. Mm. Uh, everything has to always be connected. Uh, you made a cool tie into the uh, end of like, you know, you just kind of like, you know, because it was kind of like you had a little horse story inside of a little horror story. Uh, right. You know, you the know? end, it's the, the, the women are being attacked by the pizza man who they've been waiting for a while, where in noise complaint, they have the, uh, they're waiting for the pizza. They're like, when's the pizza going to, or oh, no, they said something about the cops. Cops and then the cop shows up or whatever, and and that guy's the the same actor who plays the. He's actually also the actor who um, uh, was the who lived in the house that we um shot the pledge at. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but my house was most of the places, <laughs> like eh. backstabber. Um, let me look at it. Backstabber. Uh. The dare, um, actually, uh, noise complaint. I actually liked uh, the dare, uh, like um, uh, too a lot. Uh, I just kind of wish, like, I don't know, like, well, with with let's get through them all first. Uh, uh, yeah, like, we'll go, we'll go, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. I'm, I'm excited and to hear your thoughts on it. Like, and then at the end, we'll go 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 to the pros and the cons. Well, what so. what are your thoughts on imaginary fiend? There, JP. Honestly, I, I, I didn't mind it, but I think out of all of them, I think it was probably my my least favorite. If I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I think I think unfortunately that's that's the feeling for a lot of people. Um, and uh, it, it, you know, I, I get it. I mean, you're going to have like nine, ten uh, shorts. You know, there's going to be one or two that you're probably, hopefully, not going to. Unless you're like, man, there's some letterbox people that have said some nasty shit you know, oh. about, about this movie, you know, well, it is with these kind of uh, movies, you know, it's no different. Like, you know, like, and even when you go with the mainstream ones, even like, like, you know, a uh, creep show, uh, for example, if you go to any fans of the creep show movies and say, Hey, which one's your favorite, like your know, horror show in the bunch? I'm one of the bet you you're going to get all random answers about which one in their opinion, it, like is the best one. Well, in the bunch. I think mostly on the creep show too, everybody says the raft. I mean, but creep show too was not as, not as good, honestly, in my opinion, as as Creep Show One. I think Creep Show One was amazing, and Creep Show Two was pretty good, but wasn't. It, it kind of missed the mark, and that's why I think they never got a a third one that they did. They did oh. get a third one, but and mm. they, uh, George Romero and uh, or uh, you know and uh, uh, and what's his name? Uh, Stephen King was not involved in that one. Oh yeah. I'm I'm in the minority too. I kind of liked it anyway. <laughs> you like Creep Show three? I didn't mind it. I don't know. Uh, I think I think it was done by like independent filmmakers or something. And it was I mean, the, if I'm correct, it was the same people who did uh, Day of the Dead two or whatever, like something ridiculous like that. And they were uh, awful. They're they're to me they're bad filmmakers. But you know whatever. I can't judge because, like, there's a lot of people who think Scary Stories Slumber Party is bad. So, you know, whatever. You know, that's cool. 
I, I really didn't like it, but you know, like I said, like you know, imagine it being me not being a fan of one. That's not a knock on the movie as a whole. Because it's like I said, and I really meant it. Like when you deal with these kind of like movies, like you know, where like it's anthologies or multiple stories inside of a one full feature uh, film, you're gonna always be be plagued with that one where some uh, some of the films are gonna be probably more well received than some of the other ones are. Uh, a lot of it's gonna depend on the audience uh, a lot of the time, like you know, on what they're more of, of a preference of. And I think that a lot of that is why it's like number four or so in the movie, you know, thing, because, you know, as you said, you like backstabber, you like bashed and then you like the pledge. Um, and those were all set up to be like the beginning of the thing. So when people start watching it, they can, um, you know, they'll be hopefully into it, you know, and everything. And then, um, then, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to get a couple ones that maybe um, we think aren't as stellar or something, you know, that we think, um, you know, could have been better. Um, once again, a lot of these were just shot in a day. So a lot of it feels rushed, maybe, you know, or whatever. Um, I do not recommend shooting a movie in a day, period. Whether <laughs> or not it's a seven day, a seven minute movie or two minute movie, whatever. You try to get two days at least because you're going to want that extra time to make sure something gets done that you, you know, you're happy with, you know? I, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. I mean, and, and that was actually I'm like, you know, like I'll go in and I'll go and jump a little bit on this one. It was one of the very few uh, 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 things I, 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 you know, like, like if, if you, if I was to point out a negative overall over the story, like, you know, the movie in general, and it's not a negative really, when you think about it, I, like, honestly, I think it would have been better off for me, at least if it was like, you gave all the shorts, uh, like you know, an extra five ten minutes to uh, add more to the story, a little bit, uh, you know, get a little bit more to character development in, and by adding that much more time into it and make it a two parter, make it a part one and a part two. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I, Imagineer Fiend could have actually been a feature, you know, and it would have been more of the long lines of like, um, this killer, uh, but. The idea for it was very inspired by there's a filmmaker called Christopher Notarelli, and he does a lot of short films. And he did one, uh, and we watched it for a sh um, for short film Saturday. Uh, and and Paul, my co host for short film Saturday, looked at me and goes, You know, while we're watching it, goes, This, you know, this was uh, this was what inspired Imaginary Feed, isn't it? I go, Yeah, <laughs> like you could tell. <laughs> You know, because the idea of his thing was that a uh, sort of a um, kind of a figment of some girl's imagination while the girl is sort of high on whatever, you know, and stuff. And she's seeing this hallucination, talk to her and stuff and and telling her basically um, she has to kill this one person and everything and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, it, it sort of was inspired by that. And then uh when I got Lindy um, Star, who plays um, uh, the the imaginary fiend herself, she was like, she was so excited because it was sort of like she got to be drop dead Fred for a little bit, like a psychotic drop dead Fred, and so like that was like one of her favorite movies. Um, so it was it was fun for me, you know, to have that. But um, if there, 
if there are things I could have done better, it would have been to tell uh, Lindy, who I love, to like tone it down a little bit. Um, because her yelling, I think, just got a little bit too much um, at times. And um, the, I don't know if you watched it with subtitles on the YouTube. You can. Um, you got to hear better stuff. That I'm so glad. Uh, I'm so glad the subtitles were there because even I was <laughs> like, you know. And I've seen the movie a million times. Um, it's just, you know, it, it 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 works better when everybody can actually understand every single. Thing the person is saying, you know. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. no, I mean, I, I didn't watch it with us. I mean, I, I was I was able to follow along um, and, and everything. And, and like I said, like it wasn't like a bad one. It just it, it just didn't grab me as much as some of the other ones uh, did. You know, like you know, as you could tell, like you know, I was able to like, oh yeah, blah, 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 like you know, like I yeah. was, But you know, but you know, even with all of those, like I said, like I, I kind of going back earlier about some of the full features, like even with some of those other shorts you did, I could easily see those uh, being full features. Uh, the pledge, the pledge could definitely have been a, a full feature. Uh, I think Bash could have been a full feature. Uh, I know we haven't gotten to uh, that one uh, yet, uh, uh, but uh, the dare, the dare could have definitely been one because you could have gone more deeper and you could have, you could have made all the girls scumbags like where they were all doing similar things like that one girl did because yeah that prank was bad but once again I'm jumping. We'll ahead. get to yeah we'll get to that yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I keep on doing that um uh, but, but yeah but... so I wrote and directed this one Imaginary Fiend um with uh Coven's uh, uh brother Seth. Um, interestingly enough, also now married to been married to Lindy, you know, um, so they've been married for a while. Um, and, uh, so, um, they, um, you know, uh, they were, uh, working on this project together with me and, um, it was wonderful. It was so fun. It was a fun time. Like, I don't regret any of the, the time. And, um, I was telling a friend of mine, I was telling Paul, I think on my uh, our Patreon only podcast that we did that um, uh, I got to meet Gary Busey at a horror convention in uh, Gettysburg um, Horror Find, and uh, I wanted him to like do something for for Lindy, aka Ashley, that's her real name, um, and I wanted to do something nice for her, so I ended up uh, getting him a picture, getting her a picture, and as I'm leaving. They signed by him. As I'm leaving, I hear, hey, get back here. I was like, oh, shit. What did I do? You know, and everything. And then he looks over at me, kind of grabs me a little bit. And he's like, uh, give her a hug for me. I was like, yeah. uh, so on the set of Imaginary Fiend, I gave her the, uh, uh, what is it? The, the picture signed by Gary Busey. And I had to get a I had to give her a hug from Gary. You know, <laughs> so I, was, I was okay with that. Um, and you know, uh, it was wonderful. Now, unfortunately, Gary's sort of not allowed I mean, around anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, if if you know about everything that's happened to him and stuff, it's kind of like you know, you can't help but feel bad for the guy too, because I mean, when you know what what what's going on with him and stuff, and because like you know, he was a good guy, he was a solid actor for a very long time, and you know, up until the accident and things just you know started to go weary. Well, even after the accident, um, we watched for um Patreon only. We watched South Beach, and he was fucking, he was the best part of the movie. 
I mean, Fred the Hammer Williamson was great too, but like Gary just really like was. Oh, just... he's got a presence like no other. I mean, yeah. Was it like when he even like even we got to get to play the villain a few times, like when he did it in like Lethal Weapon or like when he did Under it in Siege I... Two. So, you know, yeah. Or, wait, it was it, Under Siege One. Under yeah, Siege One. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you said, like he's got a great presence, but he can also be that lovable character too. Like in Silver Bullet, like you know, he was that lovable uncle that y'all wish you had. Uh, my favorite is uh, we reviewed uh, a crack in the floor with uh, like Mario Lopez and a couple other yeah. people, and and it and uh, um, what's it? Uh, Gary Busey is just like completely off his rocker in that. Like, if you just look up a crack in the floor, YouTube it, you know. And it will be the funniest. It's the scene with Gary Busey is just the funniest freaking scene ever. Like it was like they just didn't tell. They had a script and they just threw it out for Gary. They're like, Gary, just do do your thing. And he was talking about uh, sticking things up people's asses to to have them be able to poop regularly and things like that. And just it was weird. It was like, where did this, like, what is, he was talking about, no, he was talking about uh, uh, chicken feathers or something, you know, and sticking it up your ass to, to make you be unconstipated or something. <laughs> it's like, it was Gary being Gary. I don't think he even knew what he was talking about. He just let her rip, you know? And so, yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, when you're doing, you did it, imaginary review was fun. But, yeah, it, it's not the strongest. Um. I, I sort of blame it on like how quick we did it and everything, but like really, I mean, I, that's all me then, you know, I kind of, I go back and I say, that's, that's my fault. Yeah. And like I said, like, it, like, it was nothing to do with the acting or, or the writing, the photography, the sound. It had nothing to do with anything like that. As I said, it was just, it was just one of those stories. It just didn't grab me like some of the other stories did. No. And, and that's all it really bo boiled down to. There was nothing wrong with it. I, you know, like it's not like oh, it was a little lesser quality or anything like that. No, right. I, but, but you know, it, it's just like, it's even just like with horror. There are some horror genres that will naturally grab me, and, and I will gravitate to more than some others. Like for uh, for example, like uh, I like some, but I'm not overly the biggest paranormal, uh, uh, you know, a horror movie fan. Like those kind of movies don't generally grab me overall. Like the Conjuring series. The first two were okay. The rest, I think, are just home, uh, like humdrum. I feel like you're going through the cycles again. Uh, I like right. the poltergeists, but you know, but that's just my preference. I, you know, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and it really just boiled down to that. Like, it just it just was one of the stories that it just it just wasn't one of the ones that that, that grabbed me. Not like some of the other ones uh, did. Um, no, uh, you know, not uh, not like that. Uh, like you know, uh, one about that uh, handsome uh, bartender and uh, stuff. Like, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll get to your. I'm, your, going keep going, uh, I'm just going, throwing some fun little jabs in there. I know, I know. Uh, I'm trying to make you blush. <laughs> next is event invitation. You know, which uh, was not mine. It was oh, one of there's two short films that I did not produce. Um, that I just sort of was asking other filmmakers, you know, if they had anything that they like to send. And Mike Wilson, who um, produced this movie or directed the movie for event invitation, sent me the thing. And I said, Oh, okay. This is very close to what my movies are like, 
you know, this is, you know, close enough where, um, and I really liked it. And I said, do you mind if we have it? And he said, sure. So he gave us the, the rights to it and stuff and let us put it in there. But we have like, it's, it's a rights where he could put it on somewhere else. We have like non, you know, um, yeah, nothing like binary, just like, you know, it's cool that I have it all mine and you can yeah. just. You can put it on another movie thing if you want. It's not non. It's non-exclusive. Um, yeah. Um, and so, uh, capture and kill also is non-exclusive. And that was another deal that John Johnson had said. Like, we don't mind. I don't mind letting you have this, but if I want to put it on something of mine, you know, is that going to be a problem? I said, no, not at all. Like, go ahead. I mean, I don't. I, you know, it's it's nice to have on ours, but. Uh, you know, we, we don't want non you know, we don't want exclusive rights. And so, uh, event invitation came to us and I love Heather Dorf. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's phenomenal. Um, she was in the movie. Uh, she was the, the girl who sort of got suckered into going to the guy's house, you know, or whatever. Um, so like for people, if you haven't seen scary story, slumber party, go watch it on youtube for free because it's on youtube um it is uh on kings of horror so thank you kings of horror i love you guys by the way like they know this they they they, they know my love for them um so um what is it um in inv event invitation uh deanna um i thought her name was baker but i think it's deanna what is it um uh, I'm really bad with this stuff, so especially like names sometimes. Um, and I was—I mean, I am friends with her. Yeah, Deanna, Deanne Baker. Um, so she has a, she's the girl who wants to get the other girl come, you know, and everything to the to the party. And Heather Dorf plays the girl who she suckers into going to the party, and everything mm -hmm. for this guy. It's kind of a. Uh, uh you know guy gets picked on in high school or whatever and, and gets his revenge on the people or whatever that used to pick on him and he invites them over to his i guess his parents house um the funny thing is it's so short like you don't really there's not enough understand understanding of like certain stuff you know and mm -hmm. um and that's fine for a short you know, or whatever, but like this could have also been a feature because, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, we should have gotten more back. We could have gotten more backstory, you yeah. know. And then went back to what I, I said about about the majority of, of, of them, too. It's like, I almost wish, like, you know, we could have had like five to ten more minutes, like, you know, on each room, give them more character development, like, you know, with, with, with all of them, give you a little bit more time to, like, to get, get to know them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones you want to see get killed, you you get a little more invested in a one to see get killed and really enjoying that moment when it does happen. Because you know, I mean, you do, I mean, like you, like in all of them, they do a great job of already making you see someone that you don't care for. But it's like there's just not enough time yet for you to really disdain them, though. Yeah, right. Like, you know, I mean, but you already tell that. Oh yeah, the variables there. Like I, I can easily oh. see me. You. <laughs> the Heather Dorse character, you kind of feel a little bit sorry for. Her. At least I did. Uh, you know, I, I kind of felt sorry for her character because she's kind of dragged into this. She doesn't want to go. She's kind of gone into the limbo to go there. 
she's like they're like oh this is really creepy and stuff and then she's the first one to go she's the one who gets like the chainsaw in her or whatever the you know in the beginning and so she's sort of you know she's the first one to drop and then the rest of those start dropping and then you know and it's just sort it's sad you know that that but you're right like you kind of wish that there was a little bit more you know there's a little bit more draw to them or whatever a little bit it was drawn out a little bit more but you know i'm i was happy with the short um i thought it was pretty fun you know and that was that was the most important part of it was that it was an entertaining movie Oh yeah, well, and, and I was getting ready to say too. Like anyone who's watching this, I hope you all understand too. I am not criticizing. If anything, is the opposite. I'm actually saying that I want to see more time, you know, yeah. with these because like I liked the stories. I was actually getting invested in stories. I would like to see uh, more because I I want to get more invested in uh, into the stories. Is more what I'm saying here. So I just want to make sure I'm getting my 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 point across that I actually did enjoy it. I, that's why I'm saying I want more. <laughs> right. And then uh yeah and and I like Dan Baker playing the um the girl who suckered everybody but then she gets her comeuppance you know because she did everything and then she dies and the guy decides to oh, leave, I love you. you know leave or whatever. And that was Travis Legg um who I love him to death too. I was actually one of his shorts I was going to use but unfortunately uh he would have to get like people to sign off on it and unfortunately nobody signed off on on that because it was already out, you know, available on you know the short was already available other places and people didn't want it to to confuse it to where it was, you know, and stuff. So I, I I totally got it. So I was like, okay, no problem. Um so we ended up uh just doing that one and I mean the movie is already an hour and seventeen minutes. So like that's enough. That's enough time, I think, for you know, for a movie. I don't think it needed I don't think it needed to be an hour and a half movie. You know what I mean? So one more short would have probably pushed it a little too far in my opinion mm -hmm. people are already complaining that there was nine short films or whatever and i'm like dude the short films go by like that if you really want to complain about something i was i was going to be a part of um 60 seconds to die i don't know if you heard of those but like they're like one minute shorts you know that are all like you know put into like a whole thing and uh my buddy tony newton was doing them and fortunately i wasn't able to get my shorts in on time or whatever I never ended up being able to shoot these shorts that I wanted to. Um, but, you know, the whole idea was in 60 seconds, you know, um, you're supposed to be able to tell a whole short and somebody has to die. And, like your, your character has to die, I guess, in 60 seconds, you know. So, um, but but that that had like, I think, 90 minutes or something worth. So that's like 90 shorts, you know. Can you imagine watching that much? Like, I, I mean, unfortunately, it's like it, it's one of those things where, like, there's that old saying, like, like uh, you know, sometimes, like, uh, you know, like too much is just that too much. Like, mm. 
it's like, you know, not that it couldn't be entertaining. The problem, though, is is when you have that many small things like inserted to you all in one lump like that, there's no way you're going to remember all of them. Like, like the ones that really stand out, you'll probably remember, and then all the other ones are going to fall to the wayside. Uh, you know, I mean, and it doesn't really get a good general story across, I think, as, as much. I mean, you can do short stories and still get a good story across. Like, you know, you... You know, uh, but yeah, 90, uh, like, you know, in 90 uh, minutes. Uh. Well, um, and that's why a lot of my shorts now are like 15 minute long. And the anthologies are going to be about, um, uh, what is it? Uh, um, six episodes or something, six segments. Because my idea is, uh, first of all, if they're too short, sometimes that can that to me, like once again, you you were saying you don't get enough time to really like get invested in the characters or anything that's going on, and you kind of want to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so my idea is if they're like fifteen minutes long, um, like or or a little less maybe, but like the pledge, you got a good you got a good sense of all these characters and everything. You you knew, you know, um, uh, you knew all these characters were sort of going to go through what they're going to go through you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um i think i think 10 to 15 minutes is a is a pretty good amount of length um but if you go to a film festival they want it less than 10 minutes um these days because uh it's a tension span thing of like you know people want to see this short and then they want to move on to the next short at festivals and stuff you know so eight minutes is generally the the number you know, or whatever. Um, but uh, this short was this event invitation was five minutes long or so, something like that. It's pretty short. Um, it was short, sweet, and to the point, And I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Was very happy when Mike sent it to me. And uh, Mike's a good dude. And um, I, I actually really, really, you know, loved it. So um, very happy. Uh, it's on Scary Story Slumber Party. Oh yeah, no, like I, said, I definitely enjoyed it a lot too. Actually, um, it, it, like I said, my complaint is like what I'd say with most of them. I like this short. I just wish I had more time with it. <laughs> yep. Um, <And> a compliment. <laughs> yep. Because because if I didn't like it, I would have been like, yeah, don't worry about adding any more time to it. Because yeah, because yeah. I don't care. I, probably, you know. I don't need it anymore. But you know, I'm in the opposite side of that spectrum. I'm like. I want to see more. I want to get more invested in these people. <laughs> so next is the one you've been kind of gushing over a little bit, which was the dare, you know, and everything. Was, I like the premise. And, and I think the reason why I like the premise on that one is like, it was one of those ones that got like my gears, like kind of turning in my head. Cause it's like, I, I liked the story. And I was like, man, and, and like, you know, and it was one of those ones where I felt like that one was like, pretty quick and and i was like oh man i like and i was really growing with my like all their things like some of their girls could have like you know done to show like how like horrible they can be too you know instead of just making it more like you know they were bad but they weren't as bad as this one girl was and you know there, there was one good girl in the bunch and you know i can i can use and i would still want to keep her as that one good one but like i would have loved to have seen like some of the air girls like 
be more on the bad side. Like the one girl who did the prank who started to get all, all reluctant about it and everything. I don't know. Like I would have liked it a little bit more if they all just had, like, you know, threw care, like, you know, or caution to the wind and like it hit all of them instead of just one of them. But yeah. that's just me. But I also understand the, you know, the backstory about how the one girl was also uh, weary about because like, look, you know, like my grandma was into like you know voodoo and stuff. I've learned this stuff. Like this is so uh, like or, or, or not voodoo. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Witchcraft or some Wiccan, which is a Wiccan, yeah. Wiccan witchcraft, and you know about the bad ore and stuff. And that kind of opens up the process. I, I knew somebody. I knew a knew a woman. I'm not going to say who it was, but I knew somebody who was a hardcore Wiccan at one point and stuff. And she's not anymore, but she was at one point. So when I threw that stuff in there, it was you know a little. A little truthful to like knowing somebody and and deciding to do that, which was a little nice thing. Where I don't think it really, you know, I mean, the idea being that if you're gonna like fuck with somebody like that, you know, like, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, once again, go watch it. Um, yeah. but basically, it's uh, about these girls uh playing truth or dare. Because in the, there's a line in the um beginning of the uh slumber party stuff where the girls are saying we could play truth or dare and she's like no truth or dare is lame scary stories are so much more fun and stuff like that and um the idea later is the girl says you know uh minds about people who decide to play truth or dare you know right and so we see uh we see the the short um and the short is basically like these girls are bored they're having their own slumber party as well you know um funny funny thing enough scary story slumber party was not scary story slumber party for the first uh at first it was originally called trial by terror um and it was going to involve like a um it's going to involve like a uh uh what is it um mental asylum kind of thing and um and it was going to be a completely different project and then uh when that just sort of didn't go where we wanted to go uh mainly the location i wanted to secure uh they were going to charge like an arm and a leg for uh insurance and we just didn't have the money to do that so i was like well what are we going to do so i talked to um terry and terry had suggested trick or eat as a title the trick or treat <laughs> so for a long time this is going to be that way and it was going to involve like halloween time thing you know and it was going to be like anthology where people came for a halloween dinner like a halloween party I decided to go against that you know too and so i started thinking of uh of are, are you afraid of the dark and the campfire tales and stuff and I already wanted to do Screen Queen Campfire, which I'm finishing up this year as the plan. And um, so it's already that was already going to be a campfire stuff, you know, right? So it's like, all right, well, let's do, uh, you know, Screen Queen Campfire as the uh, as the uh, campfire one. Let me do this one first since we're getting this one finished. Let's do this one as a sort of slumber party girls telling scary stories so uh the dare had already been shot you know for 
of whatever chick or eat or whatever it was going to be called. So we already shot the dare. And uh, I think in, I think if you look at the uh, uh, the clapboard, it says trick or eat, you know, on it. And that was the original plan. So we shot the dare and we had uh, Jackie Hall, who um, uh, had been a friend of mine since like 2008. Um, and she ended up coming out and that was 2010. So we shot that. Uh, yeah, it was 2010. It was like in July, I want to say 2010. And um, so she, we shot then, and she drove up from uh, uh, Georgia to to act in it. And um, unfortunately, she got sick on the drive up. You know, it's like a nine-hour drive, and she ended up getting sick. So uh, the scene, so we only shot like half the stuff with her. We only shot the stuff that she had with all the girls and her death scene and stuff that was all shot in one day. The rest, all her close-ups that you see, all shot on a different day. So okay. you would never, you wouldn't know that, you know. I did, you know, you can't tell, you know. Nobody could tell that stuff. Now I'm, I'm letting people know that. So if you ever watch it again, you can see how, um, you know, um, how it is. But yeah, um, she shot all of those, um, and then the rest of the stuff, like if you see her with the girls and all the girl, girl stuff that was shot the first day. And, um, and it was fun because like we had already shot the pledge. So Ashley Viteri, who plays the girl who is, uh, whatever she's the, uh, the one who has to make the phone call and everything. Um, she wasn't entirely happy. I guess I don't think she was happy with this short, you know, exactly. Like, um, Ooh. she enjoyed the pledge a lot more and stuff. Um, Mainly because she had a makeup person, like and stuff, and, and she just didn't for this. She, you know, um, and so she wasn't completely happy. But um, it's still it's still one I'm really proud of. I'm really happy with because it came out. Um, it came out, I think, pretty good. You know, there's. Well, I enjoyed it. It was one of the more memorable ones uh, uh, for me. So, like I said, the prank is kind of what caught me off guard with the prank they pulled in that. There who actually went through. I was like, God, that is really, really cold blooded right there. I mean, you know, saying she, uh, I think was that always. I want to say that wasn't always the the one, and I think we upped it. We made it go a little further because um, I'm I'm very play it safe. You know, like that's probably the furthest from me to totally. But I think we sort of did that. And this was like one of the last projects we worked with Terry Jernigan on uh, for Scary Story Slumber Party. Because at that point, Terry just said I was I was doing everything, you know, which I was. And he didn't really have anything to do, you know, and, and everything. So he sort of sort of left the project. But he was happy that, you know, his involvement with everything and, and whatnot. And I still love Terry to death, but we just haven't. Uh, we did the Screen Queen Campfire teaser. I think that was the last we worked on together for now. If we come back and work together again, that'd be great. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that, like, when I'm there on uh, producing and, and directing, I, I, like, I'm very much in control. Like, I want to be in control of everything. Uh, I don't, I, 
And it's funny because when I don't have control, that's when a lot of my is really good, you know, <laughs> like, like the pledge, like I said, was my favorite and I didn't have any control over that necessarily other than the money, you know, like, or whatever. So like, I, I think sometimes when you give up control, you know, um, that's a lot easier, but I still, I'm a control freak. I like to be, if I'm on set, I like to make sure everything's done my way, you know? And stuff. I get, yeah. I mean, I, I guess as a producer, you know, but you work with like when you work with like Dave. Dave's in control, you know. That's his. I just take his uh, lead on, on, on those fronts. <laughs> yeah, if he tells you to go do this, you go do it, you know, or whatever. Um, me, so me speaking of which, like, and I didn't like. You know, on this, I want, I was director, you know, so I was making sure things got done the way I wanted it done. So, I mean, it was very much my project. Um, and I was proud of it. Um, uh, the kid, the little kid in it that pops up, you know, or whatever, that was the uh, owner of the restaurant. Um, and we'll get into that more on Unlucky Night, that Unlucky Night restaurant. That's his son. So, um, Okay. And it's really funny because now his son's like old or, you know, because that was like when he was like I think 13 or something, you know, or whatever. And now he's that was what I think it was 2010. So that was 13 years ago. So he's 26 now. He's tiptoeing to his 30s. Now. I know. Like, it's just it's weird to like think how you know uh that how that is but anyway we had a fun time i mean it was a good good shoot that that actual scene with with the kid was not originally planned we just um we just thought okay maybe we should show the kid you know instead of it just getting dark and mm -hmm. i think that was probably the smartest idea that we had because i think it it brings this level of creepiness because you actually see that he's a young kid he's not like you know He's yeah. not like this, like kid their age, you know, or anything. He's like this child, and um, so it it brought this like really creep level to it, and um, I like that. Like I had fun with it, and I liked it too. Yeah. I mean, I like the karmic justice uh, at the end of it. it you know, I mean, it was said no, no, no. That, that was one of the ones, the ones that was more memorable for me. I'm glad you upped uh, it on the one too, because like. Because you know that's was a part of the charm, and to be honest, it's one of the things that it made it stand out to me. If she did something more of lesser, I probably wouldn't have remembered it as uh, much. Like, you know that one might have fell a little bit more to like the wayside. Like yeah, not bad, but no, that really got me. But when I when, but when I heard the prank and you know and, and going through it, I was just like, oh, I was like, hmm. well, that's really scumbag. I was like. Mm -hmm. It grabbed my attention a lot more. I mean, go okay. I really want to see something bad happen to this chick. Like, I really hope, like, you know, she gets her up and comings and stuff. Uh, right. Uh, so, no, I'm glad you upped it because honestly, it needed it. Uh, like, you know, like, you know, like, just in that sense where, like, I think it was a lot more impactful because she went down a road that I think, I think the average would be like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't know if it can even be like redone like that today. I don't know, like because today we kind of have this like, um, 
we get offended a lot ease more easily on stuff and that would definitely offend a lot of people and and everything so i don't know i mean um i i don't know if i'd ever if i ever remade it um or did like a sequel to it um or something because you know eventually i do want to do scary story volume two but uh the one I want to do, the one I've already written original script and I might rewrite it, um, is Valentine's Prey 2, you know, um, which we'll get to Valentine's Prey in a while, in a little bit. But, uh, that's the only one so far that I had a sequel to, you know, in mind. Um, the pledge, the pledge I said would work as a feature, but I don't think it needs a sequel, um, you know, sort of thing for a short. And, uh, uh unlucky night unfortunately wouldn't be able to it that could have had a sequel if sierra holmes was still alive you know so you know and the dare it, that could sort of maybe have a sequel you know the dare too but like yeah it would it it would almost be like the same movie then i think i don't think oh, you can really it, do it would... anything Attention uh, at that point, like um, it's like I said, like you know, if you wanted to, you could actually kind of more write to where there's only the one good girl in the bunch, and the rest are more like this new one, and they all are chiming in, and they could all just do like you know other really nasty things, and uh, like it may whatever their dare is that was so nasty, like has some type of karmic uh, justice that comes back on them in some way. Um, well, actually, if I did it as a feature. The idea would be that uh, they do the dare in the first 10 minutes or whatever, right? You know, they get that dare out of the way. And then the kid follows them everywhere and kills them one by one, the rest of the, the group that that went along with the dare, you know, sure. and stuff. So that would be that would be my idea. It would be more like a uh, it would be kind of like a slasher with the like um, the um it would be like a slasher but like you know where you know jason is the is the dead killer you know or whatever yeah. kind of thing so be a little boy killing him i mean it could be an interest that could be an interesting thing but right now i have a billion other projects and i probably don't want shouldn't be thinking of writing a feature for something that you know like else <laughs> add to my billion other projects uh um, i all I'm simply saying is, is uh, Eli Roth, uh, you know, decided to uh, uh, take a short film that he uses for a background, uh, you know, trailer uh, for another film. And one day he said, you know what, I'll turn to a full feature length film. And, uh, well, it ended up being a pretty big hit. Just saying. <laughs> is it for Cabin Fever? Oh, no, actually, I'm talking about Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. He did the trailer for Thanksgiving and then. Uh, yeah, but but everybody game. pretty much has done the only person the only people that haven't done one is uh rob zombie for his you know werewolf on the ss whatever you know um mm -hmm. and then the uh, other one being um uh domed by uh edgar wright you know which uh, honestly I, I i i don't think i'd i don't think i'd want that you know <laughs> Like, cause I love, I love, it was funny for a short thing, but I think it would just not, I don't think, I don't think it would work, you know, like in my opinion as a feature. Um, 
But Thanksgiving, I've heard really good things. I still haven't seen it. I just haven't been to the theater. So, and I, I think it's out and available by now. Oh yeah, But... oh yeah. You can uh, uh, you can uh, rent it or uh, stream it uh, right now. Uh, you know, you, you still you still have to pay for it. Um, but I know it's actually uh, if you uh, it's also available on physical media. It comes out on the thirtieth because my wife and I are already pre ordered our copy. We did go Oh, see nice. it in, in the theater, but we both absolutely loved it. Uh, so I got to tell everybody if you're a fan of like Scream or I know what you did last summer or the uh, My Bloody Valentine remake. If you like that kind of style of a uh, slasher and who's done it kind of motif, then you're gonna love it. It's it's pretty much that, but Thanksgiving style. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, the dare, uh, I'm glad you liked the dare, you I know. did. And you had a fun time with that. Um so that was that was that. There was I'm trying to think if there was any really fun stories on that set. I mean, other than the one I told you about uh Jackie having to come back and she flew the next time to to do the rest of her stuff. Um Jackie and I became like roommates in LA and stuff. And when I went to go visit uh, California recently, um, I was staying with her again because we're just, her and I are like best friends. Oh, You Uh, he got mad at me though because I stumbled on uh, 
or you we were doing people's we were doing lines like our own like little lines and Danae who later was in Bashed and everything she said a line uh and we would go around and blah 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 but she didn't say it the next time at the right spot so I decided to say it and the guy looks over at me and goes hey that's her line and I was like dude I mean does it matter you know like but he uh, he he like broke character and did that and So I think he was a little mad at me about that, um, but uh, I was I was still sort of new to new to being in other people's productions. You know what I mean? Like I I was used to making my own shit and doing whatever I want to do, but being in somebody else's project was a little new, and uh, it was a lot of fun though. I, I enjoy working with Robert. Um, I hope someday I get to work with him again. Um, and he he co-wrote uh, Bashed. with uh not bash backstabber with me and uh victor Ma uh victor ma nash we we all kind of came up with ideas for it to make it you know work and, and everything i think it would have been a different project had i kept what we all wrote remember like i said it was you know kind of quickly done and we 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 had to cut i think some stuff you know by the way i forgot to mention earlier for um backstabber did you notice the uh the, the flub the error in it Um, no, I do not. yeah so most people wouldn't except me who has seen the movie a billion times and didn't even notice it i guess or or maybe i did but i don't remember noticing it before but when uh she's looking at the girl's text and everything it says something like uh she's coming blah 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 right And I think what it it was wrong. Like I, I forgot. Uh, I looked at it. I was like, "Wait, is she that she's supposed to be like? Unless you can like scroll up and she's doing that stuff." But like, it didn't. It it it. it I don't think it worked. You know, right? Like the right reading of it and everything. I think that was because we did really quick and we kind of had to try to make it look like the people were talking on my BlackBerry, which. I don't have that BlackBerry anymore. I've got a an iPhone, but uh, you know, good old BlackBerry. And I had a, I had the flip phone that the uh, girl in the pledge, uh, you know, um, was using on her when she was calling up that girl or whatever. Um. Anyway, uh, so we did the dare. So we're gonna go to the next one, which is Unlucky Night. What did you think of Unlucky Night? Unlucky night. That was the uh, delivery one, right? No, no, no. That was Valentine's Prey. Unlucky oh, night was no, the, the bar I, one. That was uh, that was you as the bartender one. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, yeah. No, that was actually was a good one. I liked the twist at, at, at the end. I thought that was actually a fun little, little, little added twist. It was one of those twists where, like, was it really needed uh, for that story? No, but I liked it though. I thought it added a little extra charm that it was like there's there's a little bit more to the setup than there was than there was actually even uh, you thought. Uh, so I liked uh, that uh, twist a lot. Like that, uh, Mark set it all up, you know, mm -hmm. right? That that the bartender was the one well, who found him it, and then told her, you know. Oh well, and. Also, I kind of figured, uh, I also figured with him in that state he was, like, I was at that point when I saw that, I was like, eh, I wonder if the drinks were actually maybe laced with something, uh, too, and that knocked him out even a little harder and stuff. 
Sort of, yeah. I mean, that was sort of the point was like he was he was getting him nice and drunk so that when he went to the motel, he just fell right down and everything. And then, uh, you know, and then at the end, you see my character who was warning him, don't don't get involved with this girl. You know, I I I was the one telling him that, you know, and everything. And hey, can I the old urban legend, never go home with someone you just met and I know, and and the whole idea was, I forgot who's who's the person who brought up the kidneys thing originally. Um, I think we might have came up with it on the set because that stuff was not uh, part of uh, the original script. I don't think. I don't think there was anything about kidneys or anything. Um, maybe, but uh, actually, we maybe it was because there was that that line I said about. Um, you know, yeah, no, that was originally in there because I remember because um, when I was writing it, I was like, I was thinking of that um, scene in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where he wakes up with the kidneys like removed or whatever <laughs> from a Scooby Doo van and everything and whatnot. And uh, so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about that urban legend. And so I wrote that. And so I wrote it where the guy says, you know, that's just an urban legend, my friend. And it makes you like wonder, is, is she going to do that? Is that where it's going to go? You know, or whatever. It's supposed to sort of make you think that. Um, and then you find out she, uh, there was more to it where her sister uh, got um, and died because she had a miscarriage from a baby that the guy knocked her up with. And, um, she was never able to contact him and, you know, tell him. And then she had the miscarriage and died. And that really set the girl off crazy, you know, and everything. And Sierra Holmes did such a wonderful job. I, I absolutely adored her. That was another one that we shot. We were going to shoot in uh, one night and then it just didn't work out. And uh, Jay had to leave like the next day. The guy plays the main guy. He's a, com he's a local Virginian comedian. Uh, Jay Gates, and he's also a really fantastic actor. So um, I was very happy. I, he was in that, and he was again in a movie I did called uh, uh, Echo Lake Massacre. Uh, so he had a small part in that with Sierra, by the way. So he worked again with her. And uh, um, but yeah, uh, they they did that scene in Unlucky Night, and then um, and then she had to come back and re you know redo it. So um the stuff all the stuff at the uh at the restaurant was one night and the other night was the hotel stuff you know so worked worked out really well you know and everything i mean it gives you more time for blocking again it gives a better shots of better angles like you know and, and it give you time to actually with the same scenes pick up some uh better audio tracks too in case you get some good scenes but maybe the audio is not the best on one you can at least cut and mix it at least it at least gives you more to play with mm. yeah um and the I'm trying to think of some cool comes some cool stories so uh the uh so in the beginning of the movie, the first scene you see, the one little one little part before we get to the to to Jay Gates at the bar is a bunch of guys hanging out, talking to each other or whatever, you know, and stuff. And I think a uh, woman's there too, but um, uh, uh, they're all chatting, and uh, Ernie O'Donnell, not Ernie O'Donnell, God, that's a that's a different actor, um, uh, uh Ernest uh, Smith. 
Ernie Smith um, had made a movie called Unavailable, you know, um, which I acted in because he had asked me to come out and play uh, just a guy at the bar. And I come up to the bar and I say, who do I have to kill to get a drink around here? And uh, no, and that was the line because he knew I was a horror guy. So that was kind of the end joke, you know. And so I, I kind of do that scene. And then uh, after that, I said, would you like to come out and be in my movie Unlucky Night? I'll, I'll write a scene for you. So I have him say the line where he picks up his phone and sees unavailable, you know, that's Mm calling -hmm. him. And he goes, unavailable? I'm not taking that call. And everybody Yeah. kind of just laughs at it or whatever. Well, the guys that were there, there was um, uh, Ernie, uh, Ernie Smith. There was um, Richard Keel. Um, who's another filmmaker. Um, God, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, oh, and then Rocco, who owns the, um, who owns the uh, place we're shooting at, Rocco Smokehouse, the one whose son was uh, the little uh, kid in the dare. He played the other guy there. He's the other guy there. I think there might've been, uh, Francis Mitchell might've been in it too, I think. Um, but, uh, There, there's that scene. So the, all three, all four of them, like in the in the scene together, it was just like just for that one joke, you know, which was just there for that, which didn't matter because like doesn't come back. It doesn't matter. They don't, we don't see those guys again. But it's just kind of set up that they're in a bar and that you know that happens. And I gave them that one line, and uh, and then we shoot all the rest of the stuff, and um, everybody in the, had a fun time at the bar and. Sierra and Jay had a fun time shooting the the scene though she had the knife on his crotch he didn't notice that and it was literally on his crotch he was a little worried that like one slip you know it could have been bad but nothing we were we were as careful as we could trying to shoot that scene because you know it was it got a little you know it was Uh, a real, it was a real knife too, but uh, we didn't actually, you know, a lot of times you're supposed to use rubber knives or whatever, but sometimes those things come out looking fake. So we used a real knife and we didn't actually, if you notice when he, she, you know, hits him, it's under the
I mean, heck, I mean, what was it? I, 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 it was like Troy or something, like a freaking airplane was flying in the background over the town. I mean, sometimes you don't notice that stuff, and sometimes you just don't have time to just read. Like, I love, I love these these people have never made a movie in their life, and they're like, why don't you just go back and reshoot it? Like, no. You like, know how expensive that would be. <laughs> you know, this one guy, this one guy who was a reviewer, um, he was talking to me about this movie, and he said, um, if I were you, I would have had, uh, in Bashed, I would have had them uh, saying all these, like, curse words and all these other things. I said, I'm, yeah, well, I wasn't interested in doing that, and uh, and then on top of that, I wouldn't read. He was like, "Well, you should go back and reshoot that, so you could do that." I'm like, "Like with what money? Like yeah. you know, like I have to pay people." Are there any cuss words? Really? Like I don't even think there. I don't think there there was much, but there was like a line or two that he thought needed more emphasis on it like you know oh he wanted me to say i'm uh um and you know like something like are you you know when when he said um i'm gay um him saying he was like a f effing an f word you know which i don't i don't even like saying Ozzy, you know? you're off not doing that I yeah, mean... well actually nowadays for sure yeah, exactly. that's very well, much true. and so um we uh yeah so it was kind of one of those things where um she uh yeah it, it was one of those things where i i hate when people like try to tell me oh you should go back and reshoot that you should blah 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 well you know what you should go make your own movie you know leave get, get off my back about making I want to make the movies I want to make. If you don't like them, that's fine. You don't have to like my movies. But if if other people do, that's great. If they don't, they don't. You know, like, I, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm just, I'm trying to make movies that I enjoy. And uh, if others do, great. That's awesome, too. You know? You're making films that you enjoy that you think that others might enjoy it as well. I mean, it's what we do. I mean, you know, we're 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 fans of the genre we make movies of, so we hope that similar fans of that same genre. <coughs> Excuse me, um, you know, and we just hope uh, fans of that same genre are gonna enjoy what we do. I mean, mm -hmm. exactly. So yeah, so. Uh, Unlucky Night was a lot of fun. I had a great time shooting it. Um, it was a good uh, one. Yeah, it was enjoyable. It was it's a it's a revenge one. I guess revenge is a big theme, you know. It definitely had that like you know uh, last house on the left. I spun your grave. Uh, you know, kind of tone to it, but more done in like in a modern day. You know, it wasn't like that seventies like you know like you know, like heavy induced uh rape kind of tone. This is more of like consensual but left hole in the bag douchebaggery. Uh you yeah. know, kind of level. like you know, it like it wasn't like forced uh, uh, like you know like you know upon and everything like that. Um and I think I think that that's where the only thing I could come into that gray area on was is like, yeah, 
The dude's a scumbag. I'm not going to deny that. The dude's an a-hole. not going to deny that. Did he deserve that for that? All because he didn't want to pick up her phone? I don't know. Now, if it was like that other part where, like, you know, he did force himself on her and got her pregnant and then left her high and dry, I would have been a lot more on board. With right. Like, like, it was it <laughs> was sort of a thing. Like, he... <laughs> I I love Jay's like some of Jay's lines are some of the best in in that where he's like, um, you know, and and there were there were my lines, so I mean I I guess I'm gushing over my own shit, but um he did do a great job delivering it where, um she was like um, you know uh, you got her pregnant. He was like, yeah, but you know she should have learned to keep her legs closed. You know, and I was like, I, I was like, I, I, I get it because like you can't blame somebody for a miscarriage at all. You can't blame that. That's not their fault that they have the bliss miscarriage. It it does suck that he left her high and dry without, you know, with a fake number and everything. Consensual. Um, <laughs> but it was, it, you know, supposedly it was consensual. I don't know. Well, at least from the way he was coming off, like, you know, he sounded like very adamant that what do you want from me? You know, it's like, you know, she was just into this as much as I was. <laughs> right. But was she or was she not? Like, we don't know from her perspective. We just know from the sister's perspective. And the dude could have took advantage of that girl, you know, or whatever. Um, we just don't know. And yeah, exactly. That's the problem, though. You don't know. Right. And I didn't want you to know. You know, I wanted it sort of open ended where you just are wondering whether or not she's the, you know, that 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 this is deserved or is not deserved. If if he, like you said, if he had forced himself on her and got her pregnant, like raped her, got her pregnant, then that would have been a completely different story. But she as as far as we know as far as his his you know point of view they had consensual sex and then she you know then then the girl got pregnant with his you know um and had an act she wrapped it before they tapped it kind of thing you know and 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 whether or not that's right or wrong it, it doesn't sound like it was like sexual assault it sounds like it was just them at a party. They got drunk one night and they hooked up. A bad thing happened, you know, and stuff. And then the girl died, and that just pushed uh, uh, Sierra Holmes's character. Um, what was her name? Because the other girl's name is Rebecca St. James, Rachel St. James. So Rachel was just like, I want to get revenge. And actually, I did think about having Rachel St. James and something else at some point, but unfortunately Sarah Holmes has passed, so we won't be able to do that. You know? Mm. Yeah, I love Sierra. She was... I, I met her through my buddy Shane and uh, Shane Michaels. I was working with a project with her, and I was like, who's she? And then I looked her up, and I found out she was on Scream Queens. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that show, the uh, VH1 Scream Queens. Oh, oh, VH1 Screen Queens. Oh, yeah, I, I used to get on my show. Oh, 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 show too. For me, there, when you said Screen Queens, I was thinking of the uh, Hulu uh, TV series. Oh. That's that the funny. A... That's the funny thing is, like, it got to the point later in life where people are asking her about 
here there she would say scream queens and people i think thought the fox one or whatever and she was yeah. on her vh1 show and and stuff so it's kind of funny um but yeah she was on the vh1 contest show she was in the second season and um i watched her and thought she was she was you know she did a great job at times and so i asked her to be in the screen queen campfire uh promo that we were doing and after that we just became best friends like i'm friends with her family you know like her sister and her mom you know her mom calls me up every now and then after her death and just chats with me about stuff you know uh usually concerning sierra you know and uh i'm friends with her cousin you know who she was living with for a while and um so i you know i was a big i was almost another family member in a way you know i was treated like that and um unfortunately she died and uh um i'm not exactly sure the exact cause you know of death but um i i do know she was in a coma for a little bit and she had to she wasn't going to make it you know and stuff so really sad and then uh not to be depressing but you know yeah. it is she's one of the she was one of the big parts of scary story slumber party she was you know um a big and she was a big she loved signing dvds for it and telling people about it you know she was a big supporter and i i adore her um to this day like i still do you know and everything so when i see her it's sort of a sad thing but i just love looking back and like seeing the stuff that she's been with me it's, it's just you know she's so cute you know she was just she had such a fun personality you know and uh so yeah so that was unlucky night which i think originally it was going to be called lucky night or something you know as a kind of a joke you know and then we just decided to call it unlucky night so uh yeah um there you go. Uh, and I'm glad you liked it. So moving on to Valentine's Prey. What did you <laughs> think of that one? That was like, God, that was, was that the, my first directing job for like a big project? I think. I think it was. Because I know I did a movie called The Closet with Devony, uh, where I played her like husband, this like rich asshole husband who uh, the closet talks to her and tells her to kill me. <laughs> yeah and that was a great one i that was i thought that was going to be on scary story slumber party but it never got completely finished which is a bummer because it was really good you know um but it just never got uh the the stuff it needed to get and um part of that was my fault because i don't push sometimes you know when i should and um you know the, the other part is uh the director's fault so uh they just didn't work out. But anyway, um, it was a, uh, so yeah, so the, the Valentine's Parade was like, and I had to act in it. So I was acting and I was uh, directing. So I got to play Devonese like roommate, I guess. That was what it was. Like yeah. other. It, it, I, I wasn't sure what it was. Like, I figured, like, honestly, I had it pegged down to one of two things. I was like, you're either a platonic uh, roommate or you're uh, like a brother. Uh, 
You know, I mean, you know, because you know, I, I could also like see because like the banter had a little of that sisterly, brotherly kind of little banter to it. But you know, like really close roommates who like know each other very well could easily have come off that same way. Yeah, uh, I definitely didn't get a vibe that you all were together, like you know, or, or, like, like on that level. Like, it, like I said, it felt more like uh, platonic. Like it didn't really feel like y'all were. Like dating, we were definitely not dating because, like, the whole idea is like she's getting flowers from a secret admirer or whatever. And uh, as, as it said, like, I was the one who sent the first thing of flowers, and then this guy, uh, this flower delivery guy became obsessed with her, and uh, and so he finally, like, you know, kind of does that. I <laughs> My favorite, my favorite part of it in the movie, I still laugh to this day every time I hear it because Fair does so well, um, is when he's like, um, you know, I'm just a delivery guy, right? And then she signs the thing, she leaves, and he goes, "Bitch," and he walks yeah. off. <laughs> I'm like, because you know, if you watch the movie, if you watch it, and you've never seen it before, um, you're looking at it going, uh, here's this guy who, um. Uh, he's a he's the delivery he, you know he's just the delivery guy and he's um he, that's it yeah. you think that's that's his only scene like he just delivered the flowers and he's done but then he becomes the villain you know of it or whatever after he breaks my neck and then shoves mm -hmm. me so I block the door which is a big that's a scream moment by the way um, yeah. You know, the idea of like you're running up the stairs instead of running out the door. You have to have a reason, you know, and everything. So we shot that and uh I, I like he comes after her and um she runs up the stairs. Um Farron had a lot of fun playing that role because he got to like make faces and, and he wanted he wanted to do the shining on the other end of the door where he'd be like, little pig, little pig. Mm. And uh, I was going to let him do it, but we didn't have time to shoot his angle from there. You know, so all of it's inside that. Um, in We didn't even have a lot of coverage, actually, because um, there's one part where you like, there's a shot where it goes back to the doorknob, you know, mm. and then comes back. It's because we didn't have any other coverage to edit. So we had to edit to that to make it work, you know, or whatever. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was all shot in one night. Once again, a stupid idea, but that's what we did. And the AD, it was her house that we're shooting at, and it was getting to be late. It was starting to get like the later and later and later it went, and um, uh, the AD would kept saying. Like it's eight o'clock, it's nine o'clock, it's ten o'clock, and that just drove me nuts, you know. Like um, I I actually yelled at her I think one time because I was like, "Stop telling me the fucking time! I don't, you know, like I I don't want to, you know, because that's just making me like more anxious, you know. It's not helping me, and I'm new to directing, so nope. I got <laughs> what? Don't put me on a timer. <laughs> All right. And then um, Terry Jernigan was the one who wrote, like, You're Next, but he spelled it with, like, Y-O-U-R. So that always, every review, every 
uh, buddy talk about it. You know, they always say like that drove them crazy, like being a grammar Nazi and it should have been your with apostrophe and stuff like that. But I'm like thinking, I, I don't know if that was Terry's, if Terry did that on purpose or not. I think he did um, because he, his idea was Jeep isn't that smart of a guy, just a big, big delivery, you know, person, you know? Mm. So he put the you are whatever uh, you are. And then um, uh, and then she has to like, oh, and there was one time where Devney actually hit uh, Farron really hard with the um, with the was it iron that she had. She hit him really hard, but she didn't actually hit him. It just looked like she did. And she thought she did. So she's like, oh my god, I am so sorry because he fell like really hard, like you know whatever. And I was like, damn it, we could have gotten like you know if you hadn't like broke character, you know, mm. we got that. And uh, uh, I think it's in the outtakes. It's really funny. I think we have some outtakes that have that like the her hitting him. Like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she's you know, and so she does it again and didn't look as good the next time, you know. Um, it was one of the few things I was going to say, uh, like, you know, overall, I liked uh, one. I did like the story. Uh, I, I, I like, but I, that very first shot, like she did of him, uh, like when he first opens the door, and walks in, I noticed the same thing. I was like, that swing looks kind of wide. Like, it, I don't really think you hit him on that one. It's almost like if she wedged herself behind the door a little bit more, let him come in a little more and turn. Like, you know, well, like, you know, I think she could have like done a more of a, a straightforward kind of crack to where like you, uh, you, you could have uh, uh, tricked it a, a, right. a, 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 a little better. Part of it was she was kind of more outward. So it was like you could see her full swing go across a lot clearer and stuff. And yeah. I think. Promise. But like you said, though, you did it in one day. So, you know, if, if you if you had multiple days, you probably would have gone back like, yeah, no, we can do that better. <laughs> and this was all shot kind of chronological order of the scenes and stuff. So, mm -hmm. like, it was getting to be like six o'clock in the morning. You know, it was like four o'clock, you know, whatever. And so, A, the sun was coming out. So anything like nighttime shot, like it wouldn't look like nighttime at the end. And, and we wanted to make sure everything just got done, you know? And, uh, and so we had the scene where, you know, she runs and tries to move me or whatever, but my dead body, by the way, I, uh, they're on the outtakes. There's a part where they're asking me a question and my character is asleep or, or was dead. Right. So I was actually sort of napping. <laughs> And so they're asking me a question, and they're like, I think he's asleep. <laughs> and I thought that was perfect. That was perfect for outtakes. Um, but uh yeah, so um and then uh then they all like when they were all done, Devony, myself, and a couple other people went to Denny's with her with all bloody clothes on and everything. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Because like Denny's was one of the only things open at like six o'clock in the morning, so mm -hmm. we over there and or IHOP, whatever it was. I think it was Denny's, and we all ate food because we were hungry <laughs> after shooting, you know. And exactly. uh, my hammy baby. <laughs> yep. And I was I was staying out in I think we're all staying out in Hampton or so, like around Virginia Beach maybe. 
So we had like a little bit of sleep before we had to go to the uh, uh, Chesapeake to shoot this stuff for the pledge, the original first shoot. So we were tired as hell. It was a long freaking uh, time. And doing two shorts back to back and only having them both be one night, big mistake ever. Just don't do that. Just make it be uh, two nights and one short. Uh, that's my suggestion. Yeah, for filmmakers, I would agree with you on that one uh, too. And, and, and like, say, give the purpose of everything else. And I'm definitely like, you know, not bagging on anyone on that year. It's just something I happen to know. Like, if you watch um, uh, uh, the last film that we, uh, well, that that we just did, did that came out, go away. At the end of it, there's a blooper reel, like, you know, just just to show that, like, you know, I'm not infallible to see there. One of the blooper reels, there's a scene where like one of the characters grabs my like right shoulder and pulls me around to punch me in the face. And like when he grabs my right shoulder to uh, like, you know, he obviously he's not really pulling me, he goes light uh, on me. And I don't know, my brain just was shut off and I actually spun the other way, like almost like if he pulled me on my left side and it was caught on camera and it looks so ridiculous. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> so trust me, I get it. It happens so to, to all of us. Like it was just one of those. It was like I said. It was a little nitpicking thing. Like I said, overall, I like the, uh, the 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 story. The love at, uh, or I guess in this case, the uh, stalker at first sight. Yes, that is definitely a thing. I have like there have been cases of it. That I've seen it before. I could easily see it happening, and, and it's always by that weird coincidence. Just you know. Um, Good gesture, unfortunately, wrong person, bad timing, and yeah. chaos ensues. I mean, chaos ensues for sure. Um, it, it, it was a good one. I definitely yeah. did. I definitely like that one. So the next one uh, was Capture and Kill, which was also not mine. Like the fan invitation was not ours. And uh, John Johnson. So I went through, I asked John Johnson because I was good friends with him at that time. Um, and John Johnson's the one who made like Plan 9, like the remake to Plan 9 from Outer Space. He did mm. like the Skeleton Key movies, Skeleton Key 1 through 4, I think. Um, he's done, uh, not the Skeleton Key that, you know, what's her name was it? You know, whatever, the Kate Blanchett or something, you know, like a, a real like Hollywood one. He's, he does these independent ones that have like Conrad Brooks and Lloyd Kaufman or something, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, but John, uh, John, I had met on a short film called Screwdriver where uh, Matt Cloud and uh, John's future wife, which, you know, is his wife now, but uh, at the time was, I think, just his girlfriend, uh, Mariah, uh, were working with me on this short film screwdriver and we got rachel grubb um who's an actress from like minnesota she came down and acted in this thing um it was not i was not very proud of it necessarily but um it was basically about this uh was it uh um about this like um uh, freak um uh handyman kind of character you know comes yeah. to the house and this girl uh passes out you know from drinking a screwdriver wakes up with the screwdriver in her eye and um ends up uh being like 
you know, the guy is uh, obsessed with her, he's known her for years, and she never gave him the time of day and all this other stuff. And we did the, the special effects were done by Matt and Mariah and wonderful. And so I met John because John came out because John didn't want to, you know, Mariah to come out and she, she didn't know me from Adam, you know, she doesn't know, you know, like I could have been like a really weird fucking creepy person, you know. And stuff. So he wanted to check on me, make sure I wasn't like this, whatever. And uh, so uh, later, uh, John, um, I was shooting the Scream Queen Campfire stuff. And my pro executive producer said, do you have any makeup people that you know? And I go, yeah, I have a I have a makeup girl, uh, Mariah, who's done a great job. So Mariah and John came out for that and John became a friend you know I got invited to their wedding which I went to and it was amazing oh, and nice. uh you know I've become a really close friend of theirs um still am it's just he, right now unfortunately he's um suffering through a really bad disease and um Parkinson's he's talked about this publicly so it's not like I'm I'm giving out you know information mm -hmm. that's not uh available there uh, no, so public. <laughs> but do you know? Do you know John? I don't know John, uh, but uh, but I do know Matt. Uh, I'm, I've actually uh, worked on Matt. Oh, uh, I actually I'm currently working with him on a current project, the uh, Krampus uh, movie. Uh, nice. But I, uh, I also uh, I, I was uh, I was in the uh, his last film, uh, Coffin Tooth. Nice. Uh, so yeah. So um, what is it? Uh, so yeah. So we we worked on that and then I worked with John and Mariah. And then so John, I was looking through his short films and I said, do you mind if I use uh, capture and kill? And he was like, sure. And uh, I liked capture and kill. Once again, I thought just like event invitation, it kind of worked with the rest of the shorts for scary story slumber party kind of felt similar. And basically um, that was a short film about capture and kill was about these uh, people that are, I mean, it just starts out from the very beginning, like with them, like the guy's got an arrow in him and everything. And the, the two girls are like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And you don't know what's going on. You're just kind of thrown yeah. into this whole thing, you know, and I knew uh, he took it like a champ. Uh, you know, he was uh, you could tell he was trying to make the most of this. <laughs> yeah, he's trying. Uh but he was like, don't pull it out. Don't pull the arrow out. And they're like, we need to pull the arrow out. And, ah. and then <laughs> um, and then they find out that these people are coming after and attacking. And then they lose the guy. The guy gets, you know, kind of attacked. And by this one weirdo who's like, I'm Dwight. And I'm a party planner. <laughs> what? And, uh, yeah. And I always thought that was so funny. Uh, that was Micaiah. Um uh Micaiah's hilarious he's a good guy uh and he he did that and uh he played uh such a he had such like it looked like they were having fun and I think that's what I really liked about the movie and the two girls had to go back and get the guy and um the guy was actually played by um I believe Christopher Duncan if I'm correct um yeah I think Christopher Duncan and uh Chris Duncan I I became friends with later I was on a a shoot with him even though like we knew each other like we've been friends on facebook and we knew each other through the um john johnson stuff right 
and he um he he actually had a really big part in Plan Nine. Have you seen Plan Nine, the remake? Oh uh, no, I haven't. Oh, you should see it, dude. Definitely, it is like Monique Dupree's in it. Um, the angry oh. video game nerd is in it. I mean, it is just a lot of fun. Um, and I think it's on Tubi. So everybody, go watch it. Um, I, I I'm in it as a zombie, and uh, that was the time like John didn't know I could act. You know, he thought of me just as a filmmaker. You know, didn't know I was an actor too. So I sent him. Uh, I think I sent him the scene from uh unlucky night playing the bartender you know and that was my audition you know like he saw that and he was like oh you're an actor okay so he put me in as zombie but i was like really do i need an audition to be a zombie you know like all i have to do is do whatever you tell me to do or you know coming from someone who actually held an audition for a zombie role for one of our films yeah no you need to do an audition really <laughs> you we had some people just walking around like, <laughs> we like uh, uh, have you ever watched a zombie flick? Like, ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So, anyway, uh, and Mariah did my makeup for that and was wonderful. It's really cool. To, it's weird to, like, because, you know, oh, she did my makeup for all these other things, you know, where I didn't do my makeup, but did other people's makeup. And now she's doing makeup for me. So, I thought that was kind of fun little little thing there and then um uh and then i worked on a bunch of other projects with john but capture and kill was just you know to me it was so much fun and uh i enjoyed it i enjoyed the idea of them getting once again it's sort of i guess revenge seems to be a theme you know they're getting their revenge and attacking those people for you know but it ends on a cliffhanger you know and mm -hmm. um i sort of knew that getting it so i was like i'll tie that in where the people are like, hey, what's what happened? He's like, I guess you'll have to find out next time, you know? Yes. And uh, I guess the point is when they, when that killer comes at the end, there is no next time that they're going to be able to talk, you know? So they never, they never get that uh, full, full story. Um, and I don't think we ever will. I think because Capture and Kill, I believe, was a uh, 48 hour film festival short, you know, oh. kind of thing. And, um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, so they win at the end, and then they kind of leave it open, and I guess everybody's alive, you know, all three of the main people except for the bad guys. I was happy to see the main dude uh, still sort of live because at, at the end you're almost like, oh no, and then he pops up at the end like, oh yay, good. Yeah. Like, like I said, like, you know, but, but, you know, it kind of goes back to where I said, like, you know, where, like, you know, more time and stuff. And even this didn't have much more time. It's like, I could already tell with him. It's like, if there was more to the story, I think I would only grow to like that character that much more. It's just like, he was just that, like, like, in some ways, he was kind of like almost like the, um, the uh, uh the uh, 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 Tucker uh, from Tucker and Dale, where, like, you know, it's like, you know he's actually probably a good guy, and yet he is just taking the brunt of all of the pain and all of the suffering for everybody just about. And yet he's somehow, you know, taking it on the chin and still, like, trying to keep going forward about it. Even to the point where he can even try to make a small little 
joke or two like like about his like bad day he's having and stuff um like i said he's just one of those kind of characters where like i could tell if there's more to that i would probably grow to like his character even more mm -hmm. um and once again it just reiterates to what i said in the beginning you know having more time with him i think i just would have liked it even that much more i would have gone into some of these characters even that much more or i or in some cases i would have hated these characters even more if i had more time to hate them it's like like, like all the ingredients are there and there's definitely a lot for me to say yeah i'm probably not gonna like you or or um oh man you're the kind of person I want to go out and hang out and have a beer with afterwards and stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, I just want more time to do to, to confirm it. <laughs> I think Chris would love that you call them like Tucker from, you know, Dale and Tucker, um, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Cause like, I, I think he, I, once again, I think this is a really, you know, 48 hour film festival kind of thing. And they're just shooting something for, you know, uh, whatever for fun. And it was enjoyable. I think it was like good short. I, I, I thought I thought he did a very good job like on that one. I'm like you know if he if he sees this you know kudos man but, you know honestly seriously like like I thought you, you really portrayed that like you could tell you were definitely probably going through the roughest time out of anyone uh, during that whole entire thing and yet I would even argue the same thing you probably had, were in the best spirit over anyone during that whole entire time. Uh, and that says uh, a lot, and, and like I said, in some ways, Tucker was a little bit that had a little bit that cool for us sometimes. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 too and stuff. Uh, well, you know, during some of the scenes where he's like, you know, maybe yeah. we done the summer home. Maybe we should have just stayed there. Home and guard went, went bowling. You know, <laughs> you know, little fun quips like like that. Like you know, I got I got a lot of that vibe uh, uh, from from him and that character. So you know, like I said, well well done to him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so that was that was one of the last ones. The last one that we have on this is noise complaint. And uh you know, noise complaint, uh it's kind of one night. God damn. How did <laughs> I do these in like one night? I have no idea. Uh now like like I said, nowadays I don't I shudder if I say I'm gonna make it in one night. So I know I'm probably not going to be able to do that. Um, I can't believe people can make feature films in like a week, you know, or a weekend or something, you know, like it's just ridiculous to me. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Noise Complaint was shot like I think the day after Halloween or so, you know, or whatever. That's why I still got the pumpkin. It looks like oh. Halloween-ish. Um, and... Uh, so we were, um, you know, I got, um, what is it? I got most of the, a lot of the people that have been in the other, you know, stuff. Like it almost feels like it's the, I think we picked it as the end because it's almost like the end of all of it, you know, because it's got, um, uh, it's, it's got Diane Sokolowicz who was in Backstabber. It's got, um, uh, what is it? Amberly Pisick who is, uh, the main girl in um uh the slumber one of the main slumber party girls she played caressa she's a blonde slumber party girl um and then it's got lindy star you know who's in uh imaginary fiend it's got Brittany scalf who's in the it was an imaginary fiend and was in um uh what is it um 
was in the slumber party and it had me who was in two other shorts so it had like people like it was like the all-stars you know in a way like which i don't i don't think originally that was the plan it was just like i needed a party you know and these were my actors you know so i said you know would you like to come out and diane worked with me on backstabber she had worked with me on Scream Queen Campfire promo, and that's where I met her, you know, where she worked with Sierra on that. And so I was just like, Diane, uh, Diane, and all of them, and they were just like, sure, love to come out. And um, uh, Brandon McPherson's in it. He was the big, tall guy that should have had my role, honestly, now that I'm like thinking about it. He should have had my role because, like, I was supposed to be the big, bad asshole guy. But like, he's much bigger than I am, and here I am. Like, you, what are you gonna do to me? And like, when I talk to be people, see that they're like, dude, I do kill you. Like uh, this, oh. <laughs> he picked me up and like slammed me. I don't know, and it's so funny because he acted like, oh, I'm so scared of you, and I'm like, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe I should have switched the roles around a little <laughs> bit. But um, yeah. I think I just wanted to play that role because I never had that. You know, nobody ever gives me that role. So, like, fuck it. I was going to take it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I totally gave, like, the, like, uh, like I got uh, two opportunities uh, where, where I was presented to finally play, like, a role where I got to play, like, the a hole while, like, in the film. And, like, I jumped on it. I had no problems admitting that. So I was like, I wanted to go that route. So yeah. I knew I'm usually the comedy relief, the goofball, like you know, you know, but like you know, the 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 dim-witted one. Sometimes is usually what I get type uh, typecasted as normally. Um, so when I got the opportunity to do that one, like I got, I, you know, just just kind of like how you probably did too. You kind of got a little, uh, you know, excited, like yeah, this is like you know, yeah. Because so, like you know, once again, Brandon probably gets that kind of role all the time. You know, uh, if you want, you know what I mean? Like, if you were casting, like, other things. Um, Brandon was actually my uh, former roommate. And we had, uh, uh, he was an actor, uh, in, and, you know, I was an actor. And this other guy, Eric uh, Vineyard, was an actor. And we all were roommates. And then our friend Destiny moved in, uh, who I knew from high school and didn't know they knew, you know? So, like, it became this house of, like, making movies you know or whatever uh back in the day we made a movie a short film called brandon versus the alien and it was this uh just a short film where brandon comes after me as the alien and then uh eric is the scottish i guess he's in a kilt so we think he's might be <laughs> scottish i don't know but his character is just there mopping the floor he's like the scottish janitor of the house i don't know it's weird <laughs> and then no it was all made up like on the spot and we we're just trying to come up with some fun stuff on it. Um, so we had, we had worked together and then I was just like, Hey, Brandon, would you, and Brandon had moved, I think, um, the Richmond at the time. I don't know if, where he lives now. That's where he still is. But, uh, he had moved there and I said, Hey, would you like to come down and, and act in this short film? And he's like, sure. So he had to work with Brittany Colley, who, uh, is now Brittany Finkelstein, I think is her name. She's married. Uh, but she was this, like, when I met her, she was, like, 16, and she acted in my short uh, Echo Lake Massacre. 
you know and so she um that that's that's its own project maybe one day when that gets finished i can uh, we can talk about that but uh that the biggest thing with that was like yeah it it would there's things that got cut that i'm glad got cut because it was weird for like a 16 year old now she had her mom's permission and her mom was there you know there's nothing nothing sketchy going on like that nobody approved of you know or anything it's just nowadays like you know oh, yeah. you have to you, be, you can't have like a older person making out with a 16 year old girl like nah. a literal 16 year old girl fortunately things like that happen but uh but it was all like they knew how old he was there was never any you know and in fact i even said if this makes you feel uncomfortable you know at all like let me know and we will we'll find a new actor and everything and she was like no, that's fine and then it was the guy there's the guy that's in backstabber that comes up and says uh hey happy birthday you know <laughs> and so that's vince martinez and uh a wonderful actor um i don't think he lives here anymore i think he lives like in alaska or something now oh. so it's kind of sucky when everybody moves away um that's practically going off the grid <laughs> yeah i mean if he ever came to visit maybe i'd throw him in something just to for old time's sake of like hey i loved working i loved working with him on stuff you know um but yeah he was in he was in banks every reason that isn't that thing and he was so uh but Brittany was in both and uh and I I do working with Brittany. Um and then a couple other people came out. Uh some I think one of Brittany's friends came out and uh because I needed more people. You know, I needed it to look like a party. So it can't be just like three people hanging out, you know, that's not a party, you know, necessarily. So you gotta make it look a little bigger. And then they're all happy because they all got to die. Is the killer comes in there and you know you could do a horror movie you want to have a cool kill <laughs> right so what did you what did you think of the uh the killer i i actually liked it. i thought i thought he did a good job like you know he definitely came off uh uh, uh creepy as hell uh i liked him even more like you know like you know, when you had that nod with him at the uh, at the very end part of it is is like i don't know what it is about him but like you know he stands out like you know when you see him walk into a room it's like like if you've seen him before you know you've seen him before <laughs> so he was in um he's been in a few movies out in, in virginia that's ricky delonzo and as i said before he was the guy that uh let us have like let us use the house for the pledge and everything mm -hmm. so he was staying there and then he asked the landowner if we could shoot the movie there and the landowner said yes and um, I think Ashley uh, lived there for a little bit or something. Ashley Viteri, who was in a, in a... So I think she had lived there for a little bit. I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, Ricky um, let us uh, shoot the... Um, uh, or I came out to be... He was also in Unlucky Night. He was the uh, security guard. We forgot to mention him, but he was the security guard one of them, there's two security guards who say, I'm going to bounce this guy out of here. You mm -hmm. know? And, and I say, Oh no, it's fine, Jack. You know? And, uh, Jay's like, yeah, thanks Jack. Jack's friend, you know? Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, 
And that guy, the other guy that was there was just a worker at Rocco's that we were just like, hey, do you want to act in this movie? He was like, yes. <laughs> like, and then he became a friend of mine, you know, and stuff. So, you know, um, Evan, he's really good. It's a, fun, a funny guy. Um, I always like when that happens, like when you uh, go film all, on locations and just random people having to be there. You're like, hey, you want to you want to be in this movie? We, we do that yeah. all the time. Like, excited like you said they end up being like some of the coolest people in the world yeah or you know or if they aren't you know you learn you know that oh i don't want to work with that person again but um but yeah no he was cool um everything worked out um i do want to shoot at rocco's again at some point but when we've got something to shoot for him you know for his stuff like we've, we've done a couple of shoots there uh location it was a cool looking location yeah, I, I like it. It's a nice bar uh, slash restaurant. Um, I go to it all the time because, it's, you know, the uh, the guy who owns it is friends with my family. So, you know, yep. like we we were just there a couple of days ago. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know, they got really good pulled pork if you want some really. And they do catering for our uh, sets um, a lot. So we'll have pulled pork or we'll have fish for people who can't eat pork. You know, so you know it's nice. Um, but yeah, we try to. So if we're not paying you big bucks, you know, we're feeding you, you know, money, you know, food. So like, you're on our sets, you get you get fed pretty well generally. Well, I mean, like, and you should, and they, and they deserve at least that much. I mean, like, you know, like I understand not every film is given a budget, like, you know, where they can afford to, like, you know, give everyone day rates or anything like that, and that's fine. Like, not every film can uh, and stuff, but you know, if they're going to give up their time and work, like, you know, uh, pro bono for better lack of words, then yeah, I mean, at least feed them, you know, right. uh, you know, I, I, you know. It, <laughs> If you can afford to, like, especially if they're traveling on their diamond hunting, if you can afford to kick them some gas money too, great. But I mean, at the bare minimum, at least give them a meal. I mean, and give them a place to stay. Like, that's our thing. If, if exactly. you're coming out, you're getting a place to stay for free and you're getting a, uh, you're getting food. Um, and you might get paid if you're lucky, you know, if you're like a big name. But if you're like Joe Schmo, somebody, most of the time you just get. These are like the bare minimum stuff and and everything, but you at least you at least get that, you know. So, um, but anyway, uh, so noise complaint, uh, I yeah, Ricky being the killer, uh, but he's you know police officer. That was actually made originally for Terry, and then Terry couldn't make it for the shoot, so I asked Ricky last minute, and Ricky was so excited, and then uh, we had Ricky come back out as the pizza guy. But uh, Terry Jurgen was going to play him because it was the same character from Screwdriver. So mm -hmm. doing the same thing, coming out because in Screwdriver, the cop comes out for a noise complaint and ends up being the uh, arresting the people uh, for a murder they didn't commit, framing them for a murder they didn't commit that he did. You know, and that was the idea, you know. And so I was like, I kind of stole from Screwdriver because I wasn't planning on making um, – screwdriver like again you know or putting it out so i was like mm -hmm. you know might as well take from that and uh and and you know and put that into this and uh so she's like why don't you have a cop car well first of all we couldn't afford a cop car anyway so that's <laughs> so we had to make up a reason which was the uh that he was undercover 
So he didn't have his uniform. You know, I mean, he couldn't afford a uniform. You know, we just did what we could. So we were like, let's make this guy an undercover cop. You know, supposedly. But he's really a serial killer. You know, he's just moonlighting as a cop when he hears a party going on down the street. You know, like kind of smart. There's nobody called in a... In my world, in my mind, when I was writing it, nobody called in a noise complaint, you know, for real. This guy just came, heard the loud music and said, you know, I'm going to pretend like this is, I'm a cop and I have a gun, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. And he leaves the gun and he goes, oh shit. There was a, I think, I don't know if it was Paul, somebody was like, continuity, he left the gun. I'm like, uh huh. Keep watching. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, I forgot the gun. You go in this car car. You know, right? And um, and then he comes back and was like, you know, I'm gonna let you go. And the girl finds out that he murdered everybody and then murders her. Interestingly enough, also every I used to have this dog that we call Bobo. It's a big, big um uh what are the great he's a lab he was a Labradane. So he was a big dog, like a big Great Dane mixed with a Labrador Retriever, Black Lab. So he was very cute, but he was very scary. You know, his bark was like worse than anything. And <laughs> so he, uh, whenever he would hear her scream, you know, like in pain from getting stabbed, that scene, Bobo would bark. Yeah. Every single time. He did not like that. He... Was, you know, he didn't like the he didn't like her screaming. And I was like, oh, he was he wanted to protect her, you know, like, but it got annoying because I'd watch it and he'd be around and he'd go, you know. But he also he also barked at um what's her name? Uh Flo. And uh barked at Flo, the the progressive lady, you know. Yeah. And he would bark at the uh the one eight hundred cash now people. Whenever he'd hear that song, he was so. I was like, those people in flow are not allowed at our house while he was alive. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I always thought that was sort of funny. Um, but yeah, that that movie was fun. It was like, uh, I I love the um. There's that scene where the girls are saying like, Aaron and Aaron, you know. And then years later, there's an actual TV show called Aaron and Aaron on Nickelodeon. You know, that and is I, true. Have you seen that or heard of it? I, I've heard of the TV show. I've never, I've never seen it though. Yeah, I think Larissa Olenek is like the mom in that or something, and uh, I think that's awesome because I love her. I adore her to death. Um, girl from like Ten Things I Hate About You and Secret World of Alex Mack and stuff. So she's she's the mom and. Aaron and Aaron and I think oh what a wonderful like I mean, the world comes to like a full circle because you know I kind of made that joke of you know if they if they got married they'd have the same exact name <laughs> you know right and uh you know which I when I wrote Aaron and Aaron you know that was that was the that was the joke you know so I always thought it would be weird if somebody like like dated and then married somebody with with the name is just spelled differently, like Aaron yeah. and Aaron. 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 Yeah. So I thought that would be funny. But anyway, the movie I, I enjoyed making the movie and 
good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so and overall, um, overall the whole thing, including like the 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 wraparound stuff, as I said, there was supposed to be a another girl. There's supposed to be four girls telling scary stories. And the girl, uh, the actress that was supposed to do it, uh, came and we were shooting and she felt very uncomfortable. And we we went for like a break for lunch and she said she had to get something from her house and never came back. And we were like, oh, shit, what are you going to do? So we just uh, just made it where all three of the girls the other three girls were the ones doing the scary story, you know, and stuff. So it happens. It's not, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I was happy that it all came together and it got finished. That was the important part was it got finished, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't like, I hate these guys that make movies for like, they're like 60 minutes long or something, you know, and they're just terrible. And they just do it so that they can just say they made another movie. And I'm mm -hmm. like, at least my movie was a little over like an hour and 15 minutes, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that's the perfect time, you know, an hour. It was an hour, 18 minutes, 17 minutes, something like that. And that to me is the perfect time for this, you know. Oh yeah, no, you have absolutely zero to worry about that. Like it's like I enjoyed like the stories overall. I mean, I've I've seen some short like you know, uh, uh, like you know, uh, short films that were like 10, 15 minutes long. I could not even sit through, and I've got a good attention span. Like you know, like I'm 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 the kind of guy I can sit down and watch all the Hobbit movies one day, and sit down and watch all the Lord of the Rings. And I'm talking the extended cuts too, not the theatrical as like you know the extended cuts of all of them so i can sit down and watch a lot and he's like i said i've come across like you know some short films before like that were like 10 and 15 minutes long and i'm like but like by the like the five six minute marker i'm all i'm more like oh will this thing be over soon or what you know yeah. i never got that vibe like i said i never i got the opposite vibe when i was watching yours like i said it's like i was more on like man i kind of wish they, these had some more time to them actually i <laughs> I, I think I think I think these were good, and I think with more time, uh, like uh, it would allow more things to happen, and I think they would only make it even better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I do a lot of shorts, and I like shorts. Like I like short films. You know, they're a lot of fun for me. Um, but um, and I'm going to continue to make shorts. We got other ones in the the works right now. I mean, I'm I'm wrapping up Scream Queen Campfire. We've got um Tales from Echo Lake, um, you know, and and whatnot, and I'm excited, you know, but it's just a matter of like, you know, uh, eventually, yes, I would like to to do a feature like regular movie and stuff, and I have plans for them, but right now shorts are just easier to shoot; they're quicker, oh, you know, yeah, less money, you less know? money scheduling uh like you know and when you do get hiccups uh not that they're not any harder to uh to get around but they i i tend to find them a little bit more manageable mm -hmm. uh is because you know because when you're when you're on a full feature length it's just it's like the uh the scale of importance on everything just it, it feels like it just gets 10 times more intense because you 
or relying on so many more things like on a much like you know longer like scale so it was like if that gets messed up well then they could mess up other film that's already have lined up short films it's more like all right we couldn't get all this weekend we're going to try to uh, do it this weekend oh you're not available this weekend all right the following weekend all right great we're all right two weeks from now, two weekends from now everyone meet me back here gotcha and then you get and more likely you're gonna be wrapped up then <laughs> right you know? yeah um, absolutely um and so, yeah, so I, I, you know, a lot of people like say, oh, somebody hasn't made a movie or whatever. And, and even though I haven't made like a regular feature, you know, yet. And, and I had one like, so I have this dude um, who I was friends with who is a filmmaker. I haven't talked to him in years because I think he left Facebook. Um, it's Creep Creeperson. I don't know if you know that name, but uh, he was a filmmaker made some crazy crazy uh uh movies like very very twisted and fucked up movies but i love him you know and he's a good dude but he had uh he had watched my short film blackout which was my first short i ever did and that was not on scares or slumber party because it was terrible but uh brandon was in it brandon mcpherson was in it um as this killer and then i have my friends from my work you know come out and be characters in the movie and it's just it was it's not the greatest thing but it was my first like short you know like i was sort of really putting some like short horror film it was the telltale heart you know as a guy murders his girlfriend uh in a bl blackout you know and then wakes up and uh it has buries his buries her but like it was a terrible burial by the way it's the worst burial ever uh done and then she comes as a ghost to haunt him until he tells the police, you know, who are investigating her, uh, her missing, you know, um, stuff like, you know, about where she is and everything. Um, and then, so she kind of like tortures him until he's, you know, says it. And the creep creep was like, you should make that as a feature, you know? And I was like, I, and I've, I've written it a couple, like I've never finished writing it, you know? So I just couldn't get, and I was like, it keeps just feeling like a short, you know, like mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to like get over that on that particular story. So I don't know if I'll ever do certain things like that, but there's some features I'm very happy with eventually making. And um, if you didn't mind, if you didn't notice, this was a Echo Lake production. Did you know that? Oh, oh I, I I didn't notice that. So in the last in noise complaint, he's part of the Echo Lake PD, and he mentions that. You know, oh. a cop mentions Echo Lake PD, and it was because I already made started making Echo Lake Massacre, um, or I was about to, and I was going to set everything in the the same town. Um, I this was this was after Marvel. But before I became a fan of Marvel, so I wasn't a fan of the MCU. Nor cared about it at that particular time. It wasn't until years later that I fell in love with the MCU, um, and uh, and so the Echo Lake universe kind of already kind of started forming there. So later, when I started to really like tie shorts and features and other things together, they're all all of my short, all of my features and stuff like. Tales from Echo Lake and Scream Queen Campfire, and then 
you know, my other ones like Lucas and Olivia and things like that are all going to be tied in the same universe. And they're going to be hopefully have stuff like that. They'll be it'll be like a cinematic universe where you will like, you know, they'll make references to the other stuff that hopefully you would have seen. And if you haven't, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not it's not going to be something you need to. But, you know, un unlike the MCU where, like, everything, you need to see WandaVision to see uh, Doctor Strange or, you know what I mean? Like, you need to see all of them. And there's just too much, you know, that kind of thing. So it becomes a, it becomes overload to the point where something that, that does come out you want to see, but then you realize, well, I can't really watch this until I watch this and I watch this and I watch this first before this all makes sense, all tying together properly. And, and unfortunately, it's gotten to that point where some people just don't want to invest that kind of time to it, <laughs> just don't care anymore. I think it's becoming really is becoming superhero fatigue. Um, that's why, like, when I'm doing mine, I want you know, like. You know, I I really think that what they what the MCU should do is get back to what they were originally doing, which was when they started doing just two movies a year. You know, so because when they got to like four movies in a year, it just got too much. Like it's like it um, quality, like uh, you know, majority of the time. You know, there there are some good wins along the way on there. Don't get me wrong and stuff, but you could also tell uh, that others were like you could almost call them fillers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially the TV shows and oh, yeah. uh, TV shows I, became like filler. Um, like even Hawkeye, which I loved, I enjoyed. I feel like it was sort of filler, you know, like it was like, okay, we're setting up for something else, but like, we're not really like, it doesn't really like, there's no real draw to this. And then the fact that now they bring in the multiverse so anybody can die and come back just gives you no, no enjoyment. And, and then they kill off all the bad guys like in the first movie and I'm like, so we're never going to see Christian Bale as Gore again, you know, or whatever, you know, <laughs> like we're never going to see that. And, and it's just, you know, Thor love and thunder is probably one of the worst. And it had some moments that were great, but like overall it was a pretty bad movie. And uh, the moments so, when he was with the guardians was actually pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. Like it had moments like that or, um, even some of the, the fight scenes, but then you have this War of the God Butcher character who's so awesome, but he gets like maybe 10 minutes of screen time in the whole fucking movie, it feels like, you know, mm -hmm. he like any his his story isn't developed enough because they're concentrating on Natalie Portman's character or they're concentrating on the gods or they're concentrating on way too much other stuff. And um so I, I kind of was disappointed by that. Like when I first watched it, I liked it. I enjoyed it because, you know, I didn't really think about it, you know, because when you're watching the movie, you're not really like, you know what I mean? You're not sitting there analyzing it while you're watching. You're just sitting there just taking it in. And I think there were things enough. Like I liked like the screaming uh, goats, you know, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I liked them. I thought they were funny, you know, and stuff. It was cute. Um, then it just, it just got sort of, and then was a Nellie Portman kind of took over and became like the new Thor, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, why do we, do we need that? You know, like, 
we do we need Lady Thor? Like it was in the comics, so I guess that's what they were going getting at. But yeah, I mean, but I always reiterate too, just because it's it was in the comics doesn't necessarily mean as much as I always will always usually choose comic books over like the movies. Um, uh, nine times out of ten, even the comic books have had their uh, hiccups, uh, like in their stories, like on the way. They're they're, they're not flawless, uh, right? You know, to the means, I mean. Some are absolute pure uh, gold, uh, yeah. like you know, where I'm like, yeah, don't you touch that? You know, it's perfect the way it is. And then the writers were like, Secret yeah. Invasion, man, like, what the fuck happened? I don't know. It, like, it wasn't Secret Invasion. It was like, it was not. just by name only. Um, I, I was reading the comics for Secret Invasion, going, wait a minute, where's Wolverine? Where's they should have waited. <laughs> <laughs> they should have waited because they couldn't afford and they should have done it as a movie like it didn't uh, the problem was they spent a lot of money on it itself you know just having like Samuel Jackson and the chick from um, Game of Thrones in it you know Amelia mm -hmm. Clark you know so they have those two actors and it was awesome seeing them but like it just it wasn't the move it wasn't secret invasion and uh -huh. then it just became sort of boring like i was i'm i'm gonna watch echo soon probably start watching either tonight or tomorrow or something uh just because i haven't i've been wanting to watch i just haven't like pulled the trigger because of her bad things you know so i have uh... I haven't been hearing the most flattering things uh, about it um, uh, either and stuff. And uh, apparently people are now more worried about it, uh, too, because apparently Daredevil uh, has a small role in this. And they, uh, and they feel like that Disney's not going to give him the proper uh, treatment just from the little bit they've seen of how they're treating him and Echo. They're fearful for his own series. And I'm like, oh, well, I I'm not fearful of that. I don't I think that. Charlie Cox wouldn't necessarily, you know, placate to that, you know, like I think they did that. They didn't give him his, a big thing for Echo because they were trying to focus on Echo and Kingpin, you know, so those two got like the biggest screen time. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about any of this, but you know, it, like I said, I I want to make a cinematic universe, but I want to make sure that you know when we do ours, it won't really matter. You know, like you can watch Scream Queen Campfire, you can watch Scary Story Slumber Party, you can watch Tales from Echo Lake or Lucas and Olivia. You know, you can watch all of these things, and you don't have to see the other ones. It it doesn't hurt, and you might enjoy it more if you do. But um, it's not. In to pick up on it <laughs> no exactly and so i think um you know i i enjoy i enjoy i've enjoyed uh cinematic universes since i first watched kevin smith stuff you know in fact i want to say i fell in love with it first when i saw uh tgif and like urkel appeared on both step by step and full house you know uh, so what? 
For me, I'd have to probably say uh, it was uh, actually Wolfman and Frankenstein because they actually had a three-movie crossover together uh, along with, of course, Adam Costello uh, beats Frankenstein. Which we did, which we covered. But yeah, uh, you're right. Wolfman uh, and Dracula and the House of Dracula or whatever, the House of Frankenstein or whatever it was, and they would have the the stuff together where they'd all cross over and, and be... You know, and I think that's that's fun. And actually, in the Echo Lake universe, Dracula and Frankenstein and the Talbots are a big part of my my series. You know, it just hasn't you know it hasn't happened yet necessarily. In fact, although if you look at Supernatural Assassins, the uh, short I did, the promo, mm -hmm. the Talbot sisters who talk about you know. Um, that they're going to the next person they're going to kill or whatever. And it's kind of cool. Like a little thing of having, like I had three of the girls who were the Talbot sisters and, and everything and uh, have them have like a little part in it. And I thought, you know, that was a lot of fun, but you don't see them wolf out or anything yet. You know, mm. you just see uh, that. And then other shorts are, you know, going to be in like uh screen queen campfire is going to have, um, the love spell, which is the Ravenwood sisters who are witches, you know, and everything group of witches. Uh, and do you know who their father is? Mm. Rudy Ledbetter. Not that... the not the Rudy Ledbetter character, but the guy but the Rudy Ledbetter himself. We got a picture of him and he's the he's the, the head Ravenwood, you know, father. So he'll be we'll have him eventually come out, you know, when yep. we do what in a funny story uh my character from our last uh our latest film slash nurse like my detective role like my name is rudy ledbetter yeah so eventually i want to do i've talked to rudy about this and um and if we can have like a rudy ledbetter like i don't know if it'd be a shorter feature but it would be like something where all the rudy ledbetters from all the different movies come in together and it's like a Rudy Ledbetter multiverse. I think that would be a lot of fun because uh, we have a we have a Rudy Ledbetter uh, who is in um, is in uh, well right now we've had him in Echo Lake and the Echo Lake Massacre, but uh, he's going to be in more stuff played by my buddy Alfred Crane, who's one of our podcasts for uh, Hollywood Boulevard, one of the hosts. He was so funny, but like we got the Governor played by. Um, G. Larry Butler, um, and we had his uh, thing, and it was all improv. We did this TikTok where he goes, uh, they they said, oh, Ledbetter was the one who did this. And he goes, he goes Ledbetter, that crazy <laughs> bedwetter. <laughs> you know, right? And he came up with that all on his own, right? Like, we didn't tell him to say that. I mean, I, I almost died laughing while, uh, directing it and, you know, watching him do that. And, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I I love uh, the character of Rudy Ledbetter on our world. But it would be really fun if in the Echo Lake universe somewhere along the lines, all the the multiverse of uh, different Ledbetters come, and that could be a short. I think that would be a short, not a. I don't think I could see a feature of it. You know, it's just too. It's much. a Ledbetter world after all. <laughs> what? It's a Ledbetter world after all. You know. Um, but yeah, it would be like a multiverse of uh, of the betters who come together and and uh, meet 
for the first time and everything. And that could be kind of fun, including the real lot better. I think that would be hilarious if Rudy himself is there with the other guys and stuff. It'd be just, just so meta because it'll be like him <laughs> talking to all his characters, you know, or whatever, you know. So I think that would be a blast to do. And so it's an idea maybe for Tales from Echo Lake because um, we need more like we need sort of fun little shorts for that, you know. Um, but, you know, so the other idea is like there are doppelgangers in our, our thing. That's why a lot of the characters can play, you know, a lot of actors can play different characters. So like my character from Mark you know, uh, in uh, Unlucky Night, the bartender, he uh, he's the doppelganger of my character in Valentine's Prey. You know, but they all we all live in Echo Lake together. You know, mm -hmm. and everything. And uh, the idea that I had one day was like that the Ravenwood sisters would do a one of them would do a uh, a spell that would like make all the the bodies switch from all the doppelgangers. And so all of a sudden everybody is in a different, you know, body, but they but they're the same person. Like they look like the same person. They're just, mm -hmm. you know, they're from a different, you know, character, you know, or whatever, a different doppelganger of themselves. So they have to get they have to come back. They have to figure out how to how to get themselves back to their original, you know, form, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's I I like doing stuff like that because like it kind of reminds me of like Buffy, like something that like would happen in Buffy. You know, I don't think they ever had a. Do they have a body switch movie episode? Oh, I thought they did. I know they did. They did the hush, and then they did the body, which was pretty pretty dramatic. Um, I don't think they ever. I don't know. I know that my favorite one was the one where they uh all their mask ended up being who they like the thing that they became, you know, or the Halloween mask, you know, became their yeah. So that was fun. But no, I don't I don't I don't know if they've ever had a body switch. They probably did somewhere. You know, now I'm thinking about it. Xander probably got switched with somebody or something, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> Unfortunately, that guy is no longer able to work and, and do stuff because he's been in some trouble, you know, kind of sad. I like Nicholas Brendan. <coughs> but me. I think that's about wraps it up, you know, um, this this episode. So thank you for sitting through Scary Story Slumber Party. And okay, God, it's almost three hours. Jesus. You know, <laughs> been talking for way too long for about this. Um but uh, hopefully you guys got a lot out of this, uh, a lot of stories, a lot of interesting, hopefully interesting nuggets. I don't know. Um, to me, uh, it was it was a fun, fun movie uh, to do, but it wasn't uh, like, you know, if I could do things differently, I would have, you know, like I said, I would have done more days if I could have, you know, if I had more money, more time all that fun stuff but i really didn't ha I, I i had what i had and i made a movie so like you know um my my favorite thing is like i had people watch it at a horror convention scares i care 
And then we're selling it at Scares the Care. Biggest mistake ever, by the way. I don't know if you've ever done that. But you try to like show people the movie. And then people are like, oh, no, I already saw it. It's okay. I don't need to buy it. I'm like, fucker, you know? Like, you know? Like, don't support indie film. It's only 10 fucking dollars that I'm selling these DVDs for. I'm not, like, selling them for, like, a billion dollars or something. Jeez. So, anyway. It was it was fun. Um, it was fun to promote. Uh, we promoted it back in 2012 originally, and then it got a, a re-release in 2017. So that's why it says 2017, like on most of the stuff, you know, or whatever, you know. But and now it's on Kings of Horror, so you guys can check it out, and hopefully it'll be on Tubi someday soon. You know, for the watch. <laughs> and I definitely want to do. Uh, Scary Story Volume 2 and I want to do there was a um, Halloween episode like a Halloween thing I was going to do with it you know or whatever so hopefully there's you know more stuff comes with, oh, and I was going to do a series but I think we're going to do uh, after we, we release Screen Queen Campfire as a anth uh, anthology film we're going to do a, a series for that I think um, so because that's more like a series, it's more like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I want to do Are You Afraid of the Dark for adults because adults are uh old enough now. The ones that used to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark are old enough now to to want you know something a little bit more, a little bit more rated R, you know, than you know the kids' stuff. So, anyway, um, all right, well, next month uh will be uh michael's episode so i'm really excited about that um can't wait to discuss whatever you have planned i don't know what you have do you, do you have an idea what you got planned for next month chainsaw hookers high on coke is that, is that a title <laughs> i i have no idea at the moment but I, i'll let you know soon man <laughs> yeah just let me know um so hopefully uh uh, I mean, hey, take the chainsaw, what chainsaw hookers high on coke? The oh. Chainsaw hookers on on, on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. that I'd watch that. Uh, I mean, I I don't. That sounds like the. It sounds like a short. Sounds like you know, <laughs> there's not much more you could do with that. I don't know if you can make a whole feature. Well, I guess you could. You know, if uh. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. If you can make a movie like that, then why not, right? Um, but anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, tune in next month for a brand new episode. Until then, bye, Michael, and bye, everybody else. Bye, everyone.